everybody. Welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. It's the podcast that exists to prove what, Jordan? Proves people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And I'm Jordan. And I'm Micah. And now we we interrupted our Three Colors trilogy to talk about Scream. To di- oh, okay, yeah. Then we interrupted it again to talk about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And the we're back in the Keanu series. And now Talking we interrupt again, back to the Keanathon. Uh, and we are talking about John Wick Chapter 4. Now, I think we got to set the table. It's been a few years. Um, we need to go, you and I love John Wick. Mm-hmm. We love John Wick 2. Mm-hmm. And we felt better about John Wick 3, I think, when we covered still, it. Still had some world-building issues, and by world-building, too much world-building for yes. my taste. Yes. I still um, I still held that belief, but the movie was not as disappointing as my initial reaction because I definitely went into it with some specific expectations that weren't fair for the movie. Yeah, I, th- I think we both unfairly were like, oh, this is the last movie, yeah. and they never made that announcement. No. And so when the movie didn't end, like the series, yeah. I'm talking about John Wick Chapter 3, uh, I think we were both like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. And then, then upon further reflection, it's like it. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a fair criticism. Um, but yeah, my main thing I think that I stumbled upon with that movie was that the, the his his motivations in one and two make sense to me, and I'm on yeah. his side. Yeah. But in chapter three, we have the adjudicator character, and that character is just judging from the high table. And, and it's no- because he killed that guy at the end of this two. Yeah. That's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. But the adjudicator never was really shown to do anything bad. They were just out there like, like just, I mean, at the very end, they start attacking the Bowery King because he's because, been outside of the rules for so long. But wasn't that also because he was protecting John Wick? Like, can't you also yeah. argue that? So. Yeah. And so. So basically the whole I, I had a little fix for that movie which I thought the adjudicator first scene of the movie should have done something totally immoral so the whole movie we were like oh I hope that John gets the adjudicator. Yeah. But but we um, kind of get that in this movie. And and that's this movie fixes that for me and retroactively fixes chapter 3 for me because of how they paint the high table and they paint it as something that has like a history of taking these assassins, spitting like chewing them up and spitting them out, and using their family against them and stuff like yeah. that. So this movie fixes three. So now I like three a lot. <laughs> and um, I, I mean, before we're gonna keep it spoiler free for the first part, so that you can hear our kind of review on it. This movie slaps, baby. It is when when we heard okay it's an it's 2 hours and 50 minutes. I thought to myself, well the th- the third movie was not as long as that and I was pretty exhausted by the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought okay like I don't know man, I I don't know how long an action movie can sustain itself <laughs> with this kind of level of action. Um and as we're sitting there in the theater I was like nah Three yeah, hours got, is fine. I got nervous because, at, and this isn't a spoiler thing, but the last part of the movie mm-hmm. with what happened, I, I definitely got a sense of like, 
are you telling me there's like another 40 minutes? Because this has not felt like two hours and 50. And I was getting oh, a little, really? I was getting a little nervous that it's like, what possibly do we have to sit through? Oh yeah. You and, just didn't realize what, well, how long just, we'd been there. It's just because like we've all been in movies where they're long or, or the story, it's just like the story goes along and like you get your, your denouement mm -hmm. and your, your closure and you feel that release of the story ending mm -hmm. and then you still have like 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't you just end it back there? Yeah. You didn't have to wrap all these things up. So I was just getting nervous about that. Like, I don't know what they could have tacked on at the end. Yeah. But I thought maybe they could because it really had not felt like two hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. It was, it felt, it was, it felt much faster, but it still felt long, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. I feel like every little bit on Twitter, something will go viral where someone says, um, movies are getting so much longer these days uh -huh. and I'm tired of long movies. And to which after, after starting to study movies from the early 1900s and watching them, I've realized this is not a new thing. I've watched movies from the 1900s that are three hours and 25 minutes that have no sound. So It's an ebb and flow. It's an ebb and flow. It changes all the time. But the thing is, recently there's been a lot of longer movies, um, like this one. There's mm -hmm. there's a movie Marvel. called Avatar 2 yeah. that is over three hours. And, and I think when you're doing the level of world building that these movies are doing— and you have a good enough story, it really doesn't matter how long it is. Yeah. And so for this movie to be this long, I was worried because of the world-building elements in 3 that didn't work for me. Yeah. That it was just going to be boring. Yeah. But it's like, it totally works. And, you know, now when I, now when I, I'm starting to come around to like, you know what, I think maybe we need these movies to breathe more sometimes because well, I heard that Christopher okay. Nolan's Oppenheimer is allegedly around three hours. Okay. And I'm like, okay, make it four if you have to. He's I, Christopher Nolan, though. People shouldn't be complaining about that. And it's a historical movie. Yeah. So I feel I feel like you can you can get get away yeah. with it being a little bit longer. Um, I'll say my piece about this movie though. Yeah. Um I I thought it slapped too. It yeah, was great. Yeah. Um the world building stuff still I needed like twenty percent less. Several parts throughout this movie when they're talking about stuff yeah I, I like i i knew i was following the movie and i knew it was happening but at the same time i had no idea what was happening i couldn't understand a word they were saying because it felt like so much of what they were saying were just empty metaphors yeah, that, yeah. that's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounded good but i actually don't really know what they mean right which at the end of the day i don't really care because it's a john wake movie and i just want to see some action uh -huh. um so it didn't but but for the, the beginning of the movie um the, the, this it takes a little bit before we get to an action part. Yeah, which made me pretty nervous at the beginning. Yeah, because uh, they had a lot of table setting, and it was like, well, it's, ah, this it, is the stuff that I'm not into. Like, this is the stuff from three that I'm still not on board with, because it's so heavy world building, and I it like I it doesn't compute with me with, in right. this world. Right, right. So I I had a lot of issues. Well, I don't know. A lot might be hyperbole, but. Wow, great I had word. issues. Well, what I what I found is like the first let uh, it it was the metaphor I think of is like they set up all the dominoes. Yeah, that's true. 
then, so for like a half hour, they're setting up dominoes, and there's a little bit of action, and you're like, okay, okay. And then when they flick that first domino, it is literally two hours and ten minutes of like nonstop. <laughs> and like some of the most breathtaking action I've ever seen. I know. I mean, you heard me in the movie. I was laughing like it was a comedy movie. You were laughing at like, the first action scene, the first second of it. You were laughing <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like it was like pure joy. Yeah. Like the act because. Oh, also? Sorry. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> I just, the action in John Wick 3 was technically just like insane. Yeah. I loved it. But it's it's like it doesn't even hold a candle up to this one but for th me. This movie actually felt kind it kind of going back to Avatar. It felt like the Avatar to Avatar 2 thing where it was like, "Oh, James Cameron or in this case Chad Stahelski like warmed up." Yeah. And then they made like a masterpiece yeah. after that. Like they just went like balls to the walls and only focused on the things that we loved and left out the things that we don't and just it made it Went for visually it. stunning. The nunchucks, my friends, nunchuck fighting in this movie in a way that I was just legit cackling the, in the, the theater. Kids can watch this movie and maybe <laughs> finally understand how to use nunchucks for fun. Because when you were a kid and you wanted to play with nunchucks because it looked so cool, you have no idea what you're doing and you always hurt yourself. Yeah. Kids are still going to hurt themselves, but you might understand it a little bit better. With oh this movie. my gosh. Yeah. Also, yeah. The, it, it, we, the, the theater. People were so jazzed to see this movie. And they it was were. great. They were. There was a clapping at one point. Always love getting a clap. And it wasn't uh, the movie ended, we're going to clap. It was a something happened in the movie and people clapped. Because they were they were, they were like rejoicing. And it's true. It's a, true. A lot of laughs for people. Yeah. And uh, it and, was and great. Even aside from the person that vaped during the movie. <laughs> yeah, don't vape. Come on. Um, <laughs> you, you could go through, you could sit through a movie without vaping. Yeah. Just having a cloud of smoke come, like, cloud your view of the movie. Yeah. It's like, come also, on, Also, there might be pregnant people in the theater. <laughs> Let's not vape. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the movie, and what was interesting about the audience is is they it was like so we were sitting by two teenagers and like 14 year old teenagers who clearly their parents were sitting a row down and oh is that what it was okay like before the movie started one of them ran over in our aisle and yeah. like grabbed something over the edge that's right and that's candy. right um they were pretty annoying at the beginning but i think they got into the movie I mean, That's they, the thing. They got up like three times and probably went and like hung out in the bathroom because this I, it kind of was clear it wasn't their kind of movie. And they were texting the whole time. Low screen brightness, though. So yeah, I didn't like, really see it. Take it, take it as you can get it, you know. But they, I think by by like halfway through the movie, they were silent and watching it. <laughs> I, and that's that's what I felt like. I didn't feel like the theater was loud at all. No. But it felt like as the movie progressed, because, you know, again, we said that they're, like, setting up the dominoes at the yeah. first 30 minutes. Like, there's a little bit of stuff going on. And then as the movie goes, of course, a lot of people are going to the bathroom because it's two hours. hours. Into, yeah. But, like, so that's happening. But then the last, like, hour of the movie, whenever there was silence, which was very rare, it was, like, pin drop silent. <laughs> in the theater. Like, everyone is glued. Yeah. And then what what was interesting is, like, the first two hours, people aren't reacting to the screen like in a open way really yeah yeah but then the last hour people are like laughing they're hooting and hollering they're like clapping mm -hmm. and stuff and so it's like oh the movie i mean everyone was stoked to see this anyway yeah you could tell 
But for a three-hour movie, for you to get the approval in the last hour, it's like, oh, you pulled it off. I kind of feel like I might want to see this movie again, too. Yeah, we can go tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it again tonight. Okay. I want to check the the tickets to see. Because uh, our friend is seeing it tonight and invited us. And we were like, well, because of podcasting, like we kind of have to get this done at a certain yeah. time frame. So we might not want to see a three-hour movie literally the next 24 hours showing yeah. away. But we're probably going to see it tonight. Wow. Um, the yeah. It was just so good. The action. And, and what was nuts about, and I, I will wait until. Wait, wait, can I, wait, let me just say one thing. The, <laughs> this movie When a rules. movie is, is so heavy and complicated, like, like Inception. That that demands watching it more than once, and it's enjoyable. It's not doing homework. At yeah, least for yeah. me, it wasn't. I enjoyed seeing it several times. And that's the kind of homework you like. But this was like, I feel like I need to see it again to to catch all the action I missed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so there's um, I'm not gonna spoil the scenes yet until after our spoiler alert. But the movie started, and there's a whole sequence in Japan, and I was like, holy cow, this is some of the best action I've ever seen in my life, uh, particularly in American cinema. And so I'm like, that's amazing. And then they go to a different location, and I'm like, okay, I think they might have topped the the Jap- Japanese action scene. And I'm like, okay, if, if the action only climaxes to this point, this is amazing, like incredible, and the movie was worth seeing. And then they do this thing... Uh, and I could not believe what I was watching. Hmm. And I was like, okay, this is the highlight. And then they go to another location directly after that. And I was like, I cannot <laughs> believe it. They topped it again. And then they go to another location. And I was like, maybe this one doesn't top the previous two, but it's it's better than maybe any John Wick sequence. And, they've, they've and then the final showdown. And they've continued with which was what they did so, have done so well in the other movies is like each fight scene is color coded. Oh my gosh. So it feels not only is the action different from yeah. sequence to sequence, but it just feels even more fresh throughout. Here's the thing, folks. I, I couldn't find an exact number, but I found in articles that the budget was a hundred million slash just over a hundred million. Yeah. Here's the deal, folks. This movie looks beautiful. Yeah. It is so beautifully shot. And the action is so intense and so crazy. I cannot believe this was at least $150 million. Yeah. And folks, we love superhero movies. But there is no discernible reason a movie that we really liked, Shazam 2, there's no reason that that movie, which was a higher budget than this movie, still a lower budget, like 150, I think. For a superhero movie, low. Yeah. There's no reason that that movie should look that bad and this movie should look this good. Yeah. And that's what happens when you have a true... I mean, I really like David F. Sandberg. I think he's got a lot of career in him. But Chad Stahelski freaking knows what he's doing. Yeah. And when you take someone who cut his teeth on doing actual martial arts, upgrade him to director, holy cow. And what's also crazy is because Chad Stahelski and uh, David Leach both directed the first movie... Mm -hmm. And then David Leach went off, and he started making his own movies. And they are progressively looking worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Except he's starting to course correct with Bullet Train, I hope. Because that movie looked yeah. pretty good for yeah. most of it. Yeah. Um, but it's really weird seeing these two divergent paths where, like, David Leach is... 
But David Leach has gotten into franchises, like pre-existing franchises. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they've looked worse. I mean, it's near impossible to make a good Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Um, he made one of the worst ones, granted. Yeah. But um, he, he is like, he has tapped into some territory that's pre-established, which I don't know, maybe there's something about it that's just harder yeah. when Chad Stahelski has continued on his specific vision yeah. with this. And and Chad, it's just interesting because I think David Leach is definitely talented, but it's almost like, it's almost like Ch- Chad's taken the hard road and earning it, and and David Leach is like, yeah, I'll take a pre-existing franchise and like do my own thing. I, I like this is my own opinion. Yeah, but but I still think David Leach has provided s- some elevated stuff to those franchises. I mean, I yeah. will say Hobbs and Shaw. Because I remember the first part of that movie looked really good because he was doing yeah. all the color stuff, which is like the John Wick thing. But he doesn't—he doesn't have a good grasp on storytelling, no, in no, my no, opinion. No. And he—he no. he has like a a like elementary understanding of special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we you, spoiler alert for people listening to our X Men series when we talk about Deadpool two, one of the some of the ugliest uses of special effects in like modern cinema. Yeah, and he directed that. But then he has moments in that movie where you're like, that's David Leach, yeah. you know? So I wish he could course correct, yeah. you know? But well, like you said, Bullet Train was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I hope is like maybe that's the start of him kind of branching out and, and starting to do more original stuff again Yeah. and and working with actors. But maybe maybe make another movie that's like Bullet Train but leave out all the Deadpool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and don't work with Ryan Reynolds anymore, you know? Um but this movie, let's talk about chapter four. It is written by it's so it's directed by Chad Stahelski. Mm-hmm. Um, it is written by Slay Hatton, who did chapter three, chapter four, Army of the Dead, and Army of Thieves. What's Army of Thieves? They made another thing. They made a sequel to Army of the Dead, like within a year. What? And it's a prequel with the safe cracker guy. Oh, right, right, right. Did anyone watch that? No. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, and then it's also written by Michael Finch, who did November Man, Predators, and American Assassin. Now, someone who doesn't have a writing credit is Derek Kolstad. Yeah, but he still, I saw, was a producer. Yeah, um, and he got c- characters created by, of course. Oh, I think but, that was actually the credit he had. Yeah, so this is the first time he's not writing yeah. in the series. What else has he done again? Well, he's done the John Wick movies and like nobody all of them. and nobody. That, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. right. Who directed nobody? I am forgetting right I'm, now. I'll I'll look it up. Um, but the cinematography is by Dan Lauston, who did Chapter Two, Chapter Three, and Chapter Four. Uh, the music is by Tyler Bates and Joel J. Richard. And oh they, my gosh, the music! Yeah, they did all four of these. Ilya um, Neshuler directed nobody. That's right. That's yeah. Who did hardcore Henry? Henry, yeah. Yeah. Um so it's it's a little interesting. It's like basically the same people who've been making two, three, and four. Yeah. But then there is a and and you know, like like I said, Shay did write two two and three. Um or I'm sorry, he wrote three and four. <laughs> this thing, I'm sorry, my brain's going all over the wait, place. Wait, wait, one second, oh, okay. one second. He wrote three and four. But Michael Finch is new to the project, and then we're losing someone. So I think if I'd have seen that before we saw the movie, I'd be like, that's a little concerning. Oh, yeah. But I think the fresh take, even though Michael Finch, those movies I listed are not necessarily movies that I think are all that great, and Shay's movies are not all that great either, I don't think. There's obviously a great collaborating element. 
yeah, I, on this series. I really think Chad just has a vision and he can like pull it all together. And and th- this the music in this movie reminded me so much of Matrix where it yeah, was yeah. like like almost like heavy dubstep the whole time and you're just like, "Yeah." <laughs> so freaking the the teenagers we were sitting next to. Yeah. I saw that when we were in the the club scene. Yeah. They were into it. She started fist pumping <laughs> and know. dancing the way you and I jokingly do it at home. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Cause I so if you listen to our our episode last week, I said I said I think I need to be okay with telling people to shut up in the theaters. I need to try it. Yeah. And they were talking a little bit. They were on your side. And I said, Jordan, you let me know. I'm ready. Yeah. Cause I'm also like, I'm also like, I can I can do this. They're younger. And we're right next to them. You're a man. They're little girls. And I'm a. I got a beard. Like it will be scary <laughs> if I tell them to shut up. You know. So I'm like, I got the upper hand. We here. have like such whims. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, they got really into it, and yeah. it was like, okay, great. Yeah, it was fine. But I was, I was ready. I was, I my stomach was turning, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be mean. Here we go. But then they weren't, and everyone on my side was silent, and I was yep. like, thank you for the win, Lord. Yeah, you you deserved it. <laughs> it was my time. Um, but yeah, did you say, was that what you were going to say? The thing. music? Yeah. Crazy. It, it was nuts, especially the, the, um, Arc de Triumph and, oh, no, no, no. The Arc de Triumph had a lot of, um, soundtrack music, yeah, yeah. which I loved that whole sequence that, well, that's not my favorite because there's an obvious favorite. The other part yeah, that's yeah. the best, <laughs> the obviously best part of the movie, the music in that yeah. was like. It was so hard not to. You're talking about the aerial one, right? Yeah. yeah. It was so hard not to like, I mean, I was tapping my foot the whole time yeah. and that was me restraining myself because it was so crazy. Also with what was happening, I'm sure everyone in the theater wanted to like start like f- screaming from yeah, excitement yeah, 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 while yeah. watching it. It's, it is really fascinating this year in movies so far. I know we're only three months in, but like it, it does seem like. I I like we love superhero movies. We do. And I am not willing to just say like it's over, throw in the towel. But it is wild that two superhero movies have come out, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Shazam, and they've both flopped. And then you have like movies like Megan, Knock at the Cabin did decent. Um even 80 for Brady did good. Uh so the, these non-franchise things. Well, this yeah, is a franchise. But, but it is a franchise, but it's like its own thing. Yeah. Scream. Like, it It does seem like I mean, people, they're rated R franchises, so it is a little bit different. Right. And and it kind of feels like people are like, you know what? We get it. And, and we are ready for, like, y- you have to... Like, I think the time of them saying, hey, here's a new superhero movie. He has a cape. You'll show up, right? Yeah. It's like since black adam and so on it's like no it has to be good mm-hmm. you have to make it good or we're not going to show up mm-hmm. and i think it's kind of exciting yeah and i would hope that you know maybe movies that are in the pipeline for marvel a series that i want them to make you know forever i would hope that if the scripts aren't good maybe they scrap them and they start over yeah you know like the guy who wrote ant-man and the wasp is writing the avengers movies maybe you go, okay, we need to look at this again because people aren't just going to show up anymore. Yeah. And so it, it's weird. I think 2023 might be a year that we look back on as kind of like, okay, people are fully back at the theaters and they are, oh, even Cocaine Bear did really well. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And it's like maybe people need they, – they don't need a cape to go to the theaters anymore. Mm-hmm. So we can make whatever we want as long as it's well made. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty exciting to be a film fan right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to go see John Wick 4. Yeah. You, 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 ha- you have to see this in theaters. Yeah. I implore you, folks. This is wild, wild stuff. Um, but let's talk about how it was made. Um, so this movie was announced via text to people who signed up for a service, and the, the text said, you have served, you will be of service, John Wick <laughs> Chapter 4 is coming May 21st, 2021. Cool. Um, at one point, it was going to come out the same day as Matrix 4. Whoa. Um, Why? Why would they ever do that? Yeah, I think I think that was, you know, it was never going to happen. Okay. You know? It was but, like a placeholder? Yeah, it's kind of a placeholder. Okay. Um, but that would have been fun to go see those movies back to back. But then this movie got, you know, delayed with the pandemic. So they wound up, I mean, that movie came out over a year ago. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Gilmore is really trying to get here. We put up a barricade. Oh, he figured it out? Oh, my gosh. That's a blue healer for you. No, you're not getting over by the cords, my friend. We have to block him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so at one point it's going to come out Matrix 4, and then at one point it was going to be filming back-to-back with John Wick Chapter 5. Okay. Um, now, I yeah, I don't want to say too much, but, uh, yeah, it, it uh, as of now, I don't think there's an announcement on Chapter 5. Okay. But who knows what will happen in the coming days. Okay. Uh, Rina Sawayama? is the daughter of um, one of the 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 Japanese Yeah, I'll look up his name. Continental owner. It is. It is. Uh, Shimazu is the continental owner's name uh, of of Osaka. Yeah. Uh, so she she was selected because she is like Stahelski had knew she could do uh, choreography because he'd seen her music videos because she's a musician. Yeah. And I just think that's cool that he cast someone because they were a musician. Do you want to know a little bit? Is that all you have? on? That's her? all I have on her. Yeah. With over 400 million plays across streaming services and her critically acclaimed debut album, Sawayama ranking on over 50 album of the year list in 2020 Japanese, British pop star Rina Sawayama is set to make her feature film acting debut in the highly anticipated next entry in the John Wick franchise. Wow. Over 400 million plays. Why don't you give me a hundred of those, please? <laughs> <laughs> you can cheer them. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, I also found out that they are working on a ballerina movie within the John Wick universe starring Ana de Armas. Okay. So that would be, that would be fun. Um, yeah, and and Stahelski has said so. This is this is in regards to Chapter Five. Okay. Um, he has said in our minds, Keanu and I are done for the moment. We're gonna give John Wick a rest. I'm sure the studio has a plan. If everyone loves it and it goes kooky, then we'll take a quiet minute. So, yeah, I don't think we're jumping right into to John Wick. Yeah, Chapter Five. Um, and uh, so there is a stairwell action sequence in this movie, and I'm not gonna give away when it is and whatnot. But uh, here's what's wild. Stahelski was inspired by the movie Amelie to make this stairwell sequence because he's a big fan of the French movie Amelie. Okay. I don't remember 
what the stairs play into that movie, but I've only seen it once. Well, the he he saw the church in the movie. Because yeah. the third act of that movie starts at the church, apparently. Okay. I don't remember. It's been okay. a long time since I've seen it. And so they went lo- location scouting to the Sacre Coeur. And as they're walking up there, they're walking up these steps. And he's like, oh, we have to do an action sequence here. Very cool. So they do that. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Yeah. And he was also inspired by the movie High Noon uh, on a story level, which we'll get into when we get there. Um, and then he, as they were walking up the steps, scouting and stuff, like in his mind when they're shooting that, all he's thinking is, what would Buster Keaton do? Oh, cool. And then uh, it took them seven days to shoot that sequence. I believe it. Yeah. And I also confirmed, uh, which was very cool, there's a scene in this movie that takes place in the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it was filmed... And and this is one of the great things about this franchise, but especially this movie. They really show off the locations. Yeah. um, In a way, because, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and it's like, we're in Paris, France. And you're like, yeah, you showed an establishing shot of the Eiffel Tower. It doesn't feel like you're in Paris. Yeah. Even uh, like the new Scream movie, they shot most of that in Canada. And it doesn't really look like a New York movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like when Harry met Sally where you're like, I'm in New York. Yeah. And this movie... There's that scene in the Louvre, and we we were there uh, a couple of months, a few months ago, and I was like, I think if you didn't actually shoot in the Louvre, you wouldn't film it this way. You'd do a lot more close shots. They're like big, wide shots where you can see the huge paintings in the hallways and stuff, and they have the French see Revolution the, the one. Viva la Vida. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, well, it's also... It's- well, go ahead. Go but ahead. but having having said that, it's like you wouldn't film it this way if it wasn't the real location. But I confirm they did film in the Louvre. Jeez, how much money was that? And it, did they shoot, have to shoot in the middle of the night? Well, guess what? They shot this movie during COVID. Oh. So I. So the Louvre got some money during COVID. I would think that potentially they did. Edward Norton borrowed the Mona Lisa on loan. Yep. <laughs> and then they also got to make some money from this movie from them shooting there. Yeah, although I think they filmed most of this movie last year, so it probably would have been open, but it was funny because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, why would they let a crew in here and all that stuff? And then I thought, there's literally, like, thousands of people that walk by those paintings every day. Like, 60 crew members isn't going to be that crazy for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they just probably have to be like, you can't light it a certain way Yeah, there's probably just a lot of... um hoop set that they have to jump through yeah technically as they're setting stuff up yeah um it's also it also was just very symbolic for them to shoot it have that lo- as a location very symbolic yeah because of the paintings yes because the paintings were about like it was uh, going through the french revolution oh yes yes you're right you're right and you're we're right. dealing with a story that's about basically a, a, yeah revolution yeah um so yeah that's what i got cool hit me with them actors so keanu you wanted to know his upcoming things I do, and so, I want to talk about Keanu Reeves, but actually, can we save him for after we spoiler alert? Can we talk about other people first? Oh, okay, wait. So the guy, I think that who, who we thought Sky Adkins was playing is not that guy. George Georgiou plays the elder, the big guy that the that dies at the end. You were thinking that maybe Scott Adkins plays him? No, Scott Adkins was the card player. Oh, you did not say card player last night. Well, I said I said Scott Atkins was playing, and you said the big guy, and I oh, said I meant, yeah. I meant like the big henchman. Oh no no no! I I thought you meant like literally that the big Scott guy Atkins. who's in a fat suit. So we'll we'll get to him. Yeah. So George Georgiou <laughs> plays the elder who is like 
uh, Skarsgård. The like, high table representative guy. Good job. Or the Mar- marquee representative. Yeah. So he is in Game of Thrones, um, Sex edu- Education, Car- Carnival Row, Collateral, um, like a Haven. Collateral, like Tom Cruise? No. Oh. Something else. Um, Clancy Brown plays Harbinger. <laughs> Something else. No notes. <laughs> um, he's in Shawshank, Star Trek. Star, I can't, well, we're recording, we're recording in the morning. Um, Starship Troopers, um, and so on and so forth. You, you, did, is, it, you did it, you did Starship I know, Troopers. I know. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> this is the guy that, for some reason, I always think is the guy that plays the bully in Back to the Future. Clancy Brown. They don't look anything alike. But for a lot of me growing up, I would get them confused. Wait, which guy is this in our movie? That guy. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry. Can you list off his first couple again? Starship Troopers. Yeah. Shawshank. Shawshank. That's what I... The whole movie, I was trying to figure out what I like, He's knew him so from. He's in so much stuff. Yeah. He is famously also Mr. Krabs. What? Yeah. That's awesome. And then, let's see, let's see. Bill Skarsgård, who we have, cover... No? Really? In what? I don't know. What could he have been in? Well, oh, Deadpool 2. Well, that's in the future, so we got to cover him uh, now. Oh, whoops. <laughs> so you guys get to hear us talk about him twice and probably say the same exact thing or different things depending on our moods today upon recording. <laughs> so um, he is Pennywise. Um, he's also in Barbarian, a really great casting in that movie, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of other stuff. He He's in Eternals. Yeah, he was, um, oh, I guess maybe we have covered him in Eternals. What's he in Eternals? He's like one of the licorice-looking demon things that's attacking them. Did I know that? We definitely talked about it, yeah. That's weird. Hmm. Bad movie. Anyway, um, this is the first time that he looked like his dad to me. I didn't see it, but I'll, I'll, look, I'll look tonight when we like, watch like, it. S- like certain um, expressions, it was like, wow, now I'm seeing the resemblance between you and Stellan and... Alex. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, he, wouldn't it be fun if they did a movie together? Yes, that would be cool. I yes. like all of them so much. Oh yeah, they're all so wonderful. And in this movie, he, I I hope he had as much fun as he looked wearing all of those outfits yeah, yeah, he yeah. wore. He wore he wore some excellent outfits. Truly excellent, most excellent. What <laughs> what, uh, what accent was he doing? I think he was French. French. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just couldn't I couldn't place it, but I, I was like I wouldn't have known that. Until they were like in Paris a lot, and he like was based in Paris. Mm, okay, so okay. that's that's my uh, reasoning. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of fascinating that like the three of them have such distinct like uses of their acting prowess. Yeah, like it's just crazy because Skarsgård has this like aggressive. Um, but also like apathetic way that he portrays characters. And yeah. then and then Bill has this like creepiness that he's able to weaponize. Yeah. And then Stellan also has the creepiness, but a lot of times he has like, I'm that dad. Yeah. It's just interesting that they both have like like all three of them, when they're in something, your brain is art automatically like has a definition of what they're gonna do yeah. on screen. In a, yeah. I think, a good way. No one's mixing them up. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but 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 what's great is spoiler alert for Barbarian is that that's the genius of casting yeah. Bill Skarsgård and yeah. a great example of why casting is so important because you have an expectation when you see him and then when that doesn't happen, it's confusing. I especially think the casting is interesting in this movie because he's pretty young and mm-hmm. for him to be like this big top dude, mm-hmm. it, it's it is like. I'm curious why they chose someone so young to play it. I mean, I, yeah. I think that a lot of his arrogance has something to do with his age. Yeah, maybe like he, he got there in a way that he shouldn't have, you know, yeah, unjustly. Or, or it was like it was handed to him. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't had to, like, fight for his position of power yeah. when John Wick for three movies has actually been fighting for that position or, or for, for anything right. at all, been fighting in general. And, like, maybe that's why he is so careless about making Donnie Yen's character do what his character did. Yeah, Donnie Yen, Jordan. I yeah. know we've talked about him because of Ip Man, but... Yeah. Oh, you you probably are still going through actors. You were just... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it felt it's like... Just, it's just interesting that he's so... Like, they just casted not like an old... Like, the the guy that... Clancy Brown, who's like an older person. Yeah. It almost is like... Why didn't you choose him to be the marquee? Yeah. Because he's old and wise and beyond his years. But... I, I just like that they went with someone well, younger. And and here's what's interesting. In chapter three, we talked about how he goes to like the the elder of the high table, the like Saudi Arabian guy. Yeah. Um and and when we saw him, it was like, this guy's young. Yeah. And and it was kind of like like forties young. Yeah, and we were like, that's kind of lame. It should be like an old wise guy. And then in this movie, he visits the the same guy, but it's a new person. And he says something to the effect of like, um, "I'm a new, I'm the new elder." Yeah. And so, like, I'm not going to be as lenient as the last one. And I was kind of like, "Oh, that's interesting." It almost makes me feel like the el- the like the leader of the high table like changes often. Yeah. Well, because of the I feel like the the jobs are so dangerous. Well, and and I just feel like because in John Wick three that kind of did take me out of it, where I was yeah. like, this is the big guy, some guy who's like late thirties, early forties, and then when we see another one that's late thirties, early forties, it's like, oh, that kind of fixes that for who me knows, in John Wick chapter might be three. 50 and he just looks awesome. He but but do you great. know what no, I'm saying story wise? I know what you're saying yeah. story wise. Yeah, um, because also in the third movie with the adjudicator, they're also mm-hmm. pretty young. It's a young man's game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Donnie Yen is in this. Of course, we've covered him. They thought, okay, we got Donnie Yen. What is he so good at? Yes, he is so good at fighting. Yeah, yeah. But he's also so good at fighting blind because of Rogue One. <laughs> yep. Let's make him blind again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And to me, he is the reason that this movie is not Chapter Three. Yeah, he elevates this movie, uh, and and not just Donnie Yen. I love Johnny Donnie Yen. I almost called him Johnny Yen. I love Johnny Yen. He is a a worldwide treasure. We love the man. But his character and the way they wrote him and the things they do literally, again, fix the third movie for me and take this movie from like, okay, it's just an action movie where John Wick's just out to like fix his life to, oh, there's some depth here. Mm-hmm. And this is a pretty, this this movie's not just what the last two movies were. He's in his late fifties as well. Yeah, isn't that bonkers? well? He like retired from martial arts movies, so I'm like, they had to bring him out of retirement for this, which is what they did in this movie, literally with his character. Yeah, um, and he he just has a a the way he carries himself is so 
amazing. Oh my gosh. If you're somehow still on the fence about this movie, which I doubt anyone is listening to this, mm-hmm. uh, just keep in mind a, a big thing about it, man. That was so cool. The it man series is every movie you're going to get machine gun punches. Well, I don't know if you did with the one he wasn't in, but, but, but that one's still one of the best ones. Yeah. Um, that wound up being our favorite member. But, uh, Machine gun punches, which is like I think a Wing Chun thing. I don't know. Yeah. And then not he only did you, it in this movie, I, this I movie, wanted but to he like also clap. Does machine gun stabbing with a sword. <laughs> 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 I've never seen that in a movie before. And then that one scene when he does the machine gun punches, but then he like winds up his fist. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, it was crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's there's so many moments in this movie where that that just make me go like. What else could you possibly want in a movie? I don't know. You know what I mean? I it's know. like this is this is absolutely perfect, you know? Yeah. And then we have Hiroyuki Sonata, who plays Shimazu. Yeah. Who is another big martial arts person. And this is the guy that was in Bullet Train, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And this is, um, for, I think, for months now, we've been saying he's in one of these John Wick movies, but we couldn't remember what. And then we finally determined, oh, I think he's in the new one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we finally that's how long it'd been since we watched the john wick movies yeah um he he was great yeah but we have covered him before yeah um shamir anderson plays tracker i also really like this character i could see someone making an argument for a movie that's so long like just cut that guy's character no he's kind of the key as well but i think he's great he's he is our man with no name character yeah he he provides the western element to this movie that i love so much and he also represents like a young john wick right and and he when when it started like i think when you get to the end of the movie and a certain thing happens it's like no 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 this character has to be in here him yeah. and johnny yen have to be in the movie or it really is just another time john wick's it, out on his own this the, the this guy's performance oh really my gosh. great he knew exactly what he was doing he, yeah. he was so wonderful. It's like it's like we got a career for this guy. I what, know. What's his name again? Shamir? Shamir Anderson. Shamir Anderson. Okay. So he One is to also watch. in Race, um, Bruiser, A Lot of Nothing. That's the movie, not oh, okay. his career. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Invasion, mean. Awake, Stowaway. A lot of Netflix stuff. Okay. Actually. We got to get him out of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and then you covered Rina Sawayama. Yeah. We have some sumo wrestlers. In here, yeah, yeah, um, that was fun. Um, Natalia Tena plays Katya, who is in the when he goes to Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I uh, love. Were they her. Russian? She was or cool. German. They were Russian, right? Oh, but they happened to be based in Berlin. That, I was very unclear yeah. because it really sounded like they were speaking Russian. Yeah, I think they were. I think they're Russian. Okay, it really threw me for a loop because I know from the third movie, or maybe like East Berlin, is it the, the third movie with Angela. Um, uh, not, not Lansbury, Bassett. not Bassett, Angelica, Huston. Angelica Huston. Huston. Like that was all Russian. Yeah. Maybe they're Eastern European though, because it, I think well, it's Eastern European. Because then they say you're like a child, an orphan of Belarus. Yeah. Which is Eastern European. So we're probably both. Because East Berlin is like. Holy crap. She part plays. Of the, was part of the Soviet Union, right? East Berlin. Uh, I think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, she plays Nymphadora and Harry Potter. Who is? She is with Lupin. She can change her appearance. Yeah. Yep. Can, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I see her. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Love that. I really enjoyed her performance in this movie. <laughs> she's she in was, it for like three minutes, and yeah. I was like, "You're really popping." She was great. Um, she's also in About a Boy. 
up on the roof. Which is about what? I don't know. And then Scott Adkins plays Killa. Killa was the name. <laughs> um, I like how he laughed after every line delivery. <laughs> he, he was hamming it up yeah. and he was having fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he's a very, very, if you're a stunt fan or a stunt person, Scott Adkins is a household name. Yeah, he is like the American like stunt guy. Has yeah. a bunch of his own movies that are, you know, they're not necessarily getting like theatrical runs, but but they have crazy action. Crazy, crazy action. Crazy. He's in Ip Man Four. Yes. Um, and it it's great. There was an interview that someone did where they said, "Hey, Keanu, how amazing was it working with two martial arts legends, Donnie Yen, and then what was the guy from Bullet Train?" Um, man, his name's hard just because it's not because it's uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Hiroyuki Sonata, and he said, his his response to that question was, three, Scott Adkins, too. Yeah. So he knows what's up, which is cool. Yeah. So most of his filmography are, like, his own movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, Accident Man. Yeah, that's a big a- one. Avengement. Yeah. Section 8. Um, And, and I'll, I'll, he's in a lot. Yeah, he does some wild stuff in this. He I, does, in, I a, was, in a fat suit. I know. I was. I was when when he showed up in the fat suit and the way the scene was progressing. I was kind of like, "Oh, is he not going to do any martial arts? Like that's weird." And then it, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like that's about it. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Because of course we've covered the others. Okay. Um, spoiler alert! 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 Spoiler alert. Since the right before this movie came out, Lance Reddick passed away. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. It's always interesting. You know, it's like, okay, we get to see his last role. Yeah. And his character dies in We're it. We're not in spoiler alert territory, Jordan. This is the beginning of the movie. It's the no, beginning of the movie. No, we can't. We can't. But I, I think that it was very... Uh, are you really going to edit me out? No, I'm just going to put the spoiler alert before that. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the beginning of the movie, though, so... It, it kind of like gives some characters a lot we're of We're in spoiler alerts now. We're in spoiler alerts now. But they now. were very reverential, re- reverent, reverent yeah. to his character, but also just, it just felt, it felt good. It felt nice. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, um, welcome to the spoiler section of the episode. Oh, gosh. Um, it, it felt like very, um, I hate using the word fortuitous, but like it, you know, you know, like in Last Jedi when, Carrie Fisher dies, you think, in the movie, and then she's alive, and it's kind of like, oh man, how? And then you start thinking like, how are they gonna do the third movie in this trilogy? Like, it's weird, and then they have a lot to work with, and or not a lot to work with, and then this movie's kind of like the opposite, where it's like, well, they actually his character was killed, and mm-hmm. it, and then he died, and and again, I, I, I mean, condolences. I'm not at all like I wish he was alive. I prefer that. Absolutely. But but it works in a way that's kind of cathartic when you're watching it. That's what I mean to say. Yeah, I, they're they're very reverent to the character, but it also felt like they were very reverent to the. It's hard not to think like, oh, they're also showing reverence to the to the person. Yeah, it was so, very sweet. Now, can you hit me with what's upcoming with Keanu oh. Reeves? Because I wanna I wanna talk about Keanu Reeves now before we jump into the movie. Keanu upcoming, so in development. He is in a thing called Spy House that has no information. Okay. 
in production, he's in a thing called, so this is how it's spelled, all caps, B-R-Z-R-K-R, Berserker. <laughs> okay. Um, the comic follows an immortal warrior known as Berserker as he fights his way through the ages. Enough okay. said. Okay. Um, John Wick Chapter 5 is on here, but sometimes those things don't mean anything. Yeah. Um, and a, a movie called Outcome, no idea. Oh, so, Jonah Hill directed, though? Oh, wow. Hold on. Well, that's interesting. Because here's here's what I, I think is interesting. Um, John Wick dies in this movie at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, it's very fitting, and it's a good a good job. And he they've said that he might show up in the ballerina movie. Him that and- is on his in production. I'm not done. Oh, okay, okay. So ballerina is also on here. Okay. Also cyberpunk 2077 phantom Liberty. I don't know. That's a video game. Oh, okay. Um, unless they're adapting it, which I don't think they are. And Constantine two. Okay. So that's a, that's a plethora of things, but there's, there's been, I would say when chapter three came out, all of a sudden it was like, okay, everyone fully accepts Keanu Reeves, except for your dad. And we are like all on board with (laughs) Keanu Reeves. And then he has my dad seen the John Wick movie though. I don't think so because I think he doesn't. That he's doesn't not willing sense. to he would give love him. it. He would love it despite not, but despite having issues with Keanu. No, but he would still say like I he's know. bad. But but also I think it's easier to convince my dad because he doesn't actively dislike him like Tom Cruise. Yeah, but he only actively dislikes Tom Cruise because we love him. Yeah. If we didn't love him, I think he would like. He'd be like, I want to see Mission Impossible, but he has to prove a point about it. Yeah. So, um, he still talks about Top Gun and how annoyed he is by it, and he hasn't even seen it. Yeah. No, he saw it. He didn't like it. Which is so dumb because it's like, dude, this is like it's an American movie. <laughs> it's like in a this movie is like for everyone, and it's not it's not like offensive in any way. Like yeah. it's everyone can watch it. There's no reason why you shouldn't like it. Anyway, uh, people just got issues with Tom Cruise, and I think part of it is because genuinely he's small. Yeah, there is. Which I'm that. not even getting into the Jack Reacher of it all. I think no, it's no, genuinely no. like I don't believe he can do that because he's only five feet five. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> Okay, but he did a halo jump. Like what? When you watch a when you, you watch, watch an action movie, what do you want yeah. to see? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like whatever. Um, and it's insane that because when we were watching this movie, I was like, and we'll get back to Keanu, but I was like, okay, this is the year they need to add stunts to the Oscars. It's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this kind of stuff needs to start being rewarded. It's stupid that it's not. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, this movie would just take it all away. And then I was like, wait a second. In three months, or maybe four months, yeah, in four months, Tom Cruise will be returning to theaters with Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And I got I got so excited that we're getting John Wick Chapter 4 and a Mission Impossible one, movie. one, too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And th- we need to rewatch the series. Yeah. Because characters keep showing up in the trailers that were only in Mission Impossible 1. Oh, okay. Which and is I've, kind of interesting. I've only I've seen most of them only one time. Yeah, but we need to at least watch the first movie again. I don't want to watch the second one until we cover it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the others are just a joy to watch. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so Keanu, I just think it's fascinating. He he comes back. He's at the peak of his career. I think right now he is more popular than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. And Keanu-sans. Keanu-sans. and he comes back. Does Bill and Ted. People love it. Comes back, does Matrix 4. People don't love it. I love it. Uh, you like it. And people don't even hold it against him that he was in that movie, even though people hate that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great movie. 
comes back, John Wick 4 ends John Wick, apparently might, you know, show up in Ballerina. Well, I, that might be a prequel, I guess. Yeah, that would make sense, but I think he should just stay out of it and yeah. just let that be his journey. And I could see that happening. Didn't you like see read an article with him too where he is saying it's getting pretty tough? Well, he he is just getting he he said he'll keep doing these movies as long as audiences are on board. Okay. But, but he's that in was his before, late 50s. He's in his isn't he 59, 59. Yeah. Um yeah, this is hard stuff to do to your body when you're yeah. 59. Um so what 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 I what I find fascinating he he comes in it's like he's he's finished off those franchises, um, and then he's gonna do a Constantine two movie that's great I'm excited about that but it's like what is next for Keanu Reeves because I I don't think he can keep up doing the action thing unless he pivots into like hey I'm Liam Neeson and I'm old and and like I I got thrown into old action yeah. again which reminds me of that hilarious community joke about Liam Neeson yeah when Jeff finds out that Abed has been using his Netflix account and Abed key, it has changed Jeff's password so Jeff doesn't can't even kick <laughs> Abed out anymore and he said is that why my rating of the gray keeps changing <laughs> and and he Abed says something you know about how that movie's bad and Jeff's like but I like Liam Neeson and Abed says we'll send him a message about the roles he's choosing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think i think we're at a weird point in his career uh i mean it sounds like berserker is a good decision yeah but but it's like I I hope he doesn't go into like, you know, just the Liam Neeson route. What I want, yeah, I want another Lake House t- type movie, which is a with, romance, right? Yeah, with Sandra or not. I mean, it would be well. Apparently, Sandra Bullock's retired is my the rumor that I've heard. I heard that, but I think she has like upcoming. I don't think that's true. Yeah, and I haven't. I actually looked it up, and I couldn't find anything. Okay. so I think I think my mom just heard that and misunderstood it or something. Okay, um, I guess probably shouldn't. It take movie facts from your mom at face value because she watches like five movies a year. Yeah, um, but, it's okay. But no, that's we fine. know you're that's... listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, with yeah, with Sandra, without Sandra, whoever. But I, it would be great if you did another movie like that. Keep talking, keep talking. That's... I got. I'm gonna look up the Sandra Bullock thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just do just do like a heavy dramatic romance, whether it's high concept like Lake House turned out to be or not. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's it's wild. Work um, with Nancy Myers or something. Wait, did she die? Yeah, she, there there's nothing about. Is this. Nancy Myers still around? Nancy she's Myers out is with around. A movie. She's co- oh my gosh, this is so annoying. So she's coming out with a movie, uh, and the cast is stacked. Yeah, and I I'm so excited about it actually. And um, but and Netflix is it, like, is it like Gary Marshall stacked like on Valentine? Like no, 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 no. It's like it's like it's got like four great actors in it. Okay, um, but. Uh, the Netflix just dropped it. They were like, oh, they were right. like, the budget is too big or whatever. Which is just asinine because it's yeah. Nancy Myers. But it, it looks like people are going to be. Um, it, it looks like it, it's going to be picked up by another studio. Yeah, and I then mean, it'll probably like, be in theaters, which is great. Yeah, yeah. But this cast, there, there's four people announced, and it's Scarlett Johansson, Owen Wilson, Michael Fassbender, and Penelope Cruz. Right, that's right. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go. It's called Paris Paramount. Let's go. Uh huh. Nancy, show us the way. Um, but anyway, and and also, just a side note, sexism in Hollywood, you're going to give the guys who made Avengers Endgame like a $200 million budget for some stupid gray man movie, but you're not going to give Nancy Myers $130 million to make. Who has proven time and time again to have huge successes. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because she's so talented. Well, this is a blank check has covered her. Yeah. And it's something that like Griffin has talked about where he's heard of people who've worked on her sets and she's very, very particular. Okay. And it's the kind of thing, again, sexism in Hollywood where people crews working on her are like, Oh, she's so annoying. She really is particular and stuff, but it's the same thing that people say about like David Fincher, but they're like, he's a genius. Yeah. But since it's a woman and since it's a romance movie, it's not a genius it, well, to be particular the about the countertop, of, you know? First thing I thought of, which is uh, dated now, like I don't think this would happen today, but it's like we're all okay with Stanley Kubrick actually isolating and alienating a character right? Uh, on The Shining, but yeah. we wouldn't be okay if Nancy Myers wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, like do That's like not okay to do either 20 way. takes for something. It's yeah. like, oh, she's she's being, uh, you know, like emotional about it or whatever yeah. BS people say it. It's like... No, she can be particular. She's a proven director. Yeah. She's great. So, yeah. uh, I'm assuming the people who are in that movie are like very much want to work with her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. And I, I, I'm excited to see Michael Fassbender in that. That's kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Scarlett Johansson. It feels like she's disappeared she's a, she after Black done Widow. So, romantic comedies or romantic anything for a while, right? Yeah. I'm ready to get romantic. That's how I learned about her. Yeah. I think anyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Keanu Reeves, it's just interesting because I do think basically action wise, I think he's ending the road with action or he can keep doing Liam Neeson. Yeah. And I hope he doesn't do that because it'll get less and less exciting as it goes. But if he, but I don't know what he would do if he doesn't do that, do action, you Mm -hmm. know, because he's really solidified himself as an action star. It's the same thing. Like if Tom Cruise was like, Hey, I mean, when this happens, when he's like, hey, I'm done making Mission Impossible movies, it'd be like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're Tom Cruise. That's your identity. Yeah. Although, you know, we we know both of these actors can act. Yeah. But it's like ha- you have to kind of redefine yourself again. Yeah. As like a 60-year-old being like, okay, I redefine myself. What would be fun is if both – it'd be cool if Keanu and Tom were at one point were like, okay, I'm ready to direct. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's make my John Wick, and I'm Chad Zahelski this time. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be pretty pretty cool, but yeah. we love watching Keanu. Yeah. So, should we jump into the movie? Yeah. Okay. So, we're probably going to bounce around quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. Action, all that. It's wild. But, let's talk about John Wick. <laughs> How do we start it? How does the movie start? So, it starts... Does it not start with him? Oh no, it does. He's he's riding a horse in the desert. Yeah, and he's he's shooting off men off horses. Pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, I'm pretty into this. What is so? What's this dude's? Oh, wait. I I said the lo- the wrong person. For which part? The elder. The elder. That's not the right hand Marquis man. That's the elder. Oh, okay. The, so that guy is at the beginning of this movie. Yes. The guy that I was referring to, I think, is Marco Zaror. Yeah. He plays his character's name is Chidi. Oh, he's Chilean. I couldn't under I couldn't figure out what language he was speaking. Because a couple of times he said things, but he would say oh, it as yeah. like por favor. And I I could be wrong. They might have their own dialect or they speak Portuguese. Yeah. Um so that guy yeah. is in Machete Kills, the the Fist of Condor. Uh, <laughs> That's a cool title for a movie. <laughs> Undisputed Three Redemption. Green Ghost, just so much action, it's crazy. Okay. Oh, and Alita, Battle Angel. Okay. We gotta watch that sometime. Yeah, we do. We say, we've say said that every time. I know. And then we don't watch it. Yeah. So, 
Okay, so he goes to the elder. Yeah. So, okay, what happened to the elder in the last movie? So, um, I I can't remember if this elder... So, in the last movie, he's the one who cuts off John Wick's finger. And what does that mean again? And he takes his ring. And what does that mean again? I think it's like you dedicated yourself to the... You, like, rededicated yourself to the high table, I think. Oh. Okay. It's been a while, and I didn't rewatch this movie. Was that to get some kind of protection? I don't remember. I don't See, that's remember. where some of the world building is just a little too confusing. It's a little too specific. No, no. Because the Harbinger also has a missing finger. Yeah, so that implies he went to the Elder at some point. Yeah. Which I think is cool. That is a cool detail. Yeah. I just can't remember why. Yeah, so I, I don't remember why he did that, but he goes this time, and the guy's like, this killing is just going to keep going. There's nothing you can do to stop this. And I'm not as lenient as the last elder. You can't, like, rededicate yourself to me. Okay. And he goes, okay, and kills him. And and this is when the movie starts doing something interesting already. Um, like, looking back on it, this movie is questioning its very existence. It is, throughout. Because throughout the movie, they're saying, like, John, do you really think this is going to stop? There, there is no way out of this. It's, it's Hydra. You cut off its head and two more grow back. Yeah. And, and so the whole movie, these characters keep going up to him and they're like, you messed this up. And, and they're basically saying like, you should have stopped a long time ago and you shouldn't have killed that guy back in the Continental. In the second movie. Yeah. And so he, he's just like, okay, but I, you know, I got to keep moving forward. And they're at, and, and there's a point where Winston says like, what like what it what will satisfy you you know like it, or no Donnie Yen is talking to him and he's like what you know when is your wife even hearing you is any of this worth anything and so the the movie is also hinting like the, as the movie is going on I'm like this has to be the last one because they're yeah, they're hitting yeah. it they're hitting it pretty yeah. hard you know they're they're really making it like John you can't get out of this mm -hmm. but not in the flippant ways of the last ones where it's like you can't get out you always get brought back it's in It's like we're here for the fourth time. Well the, the first time was a kind of a was a unique yeah. situation but we're we're here yet again. Right. And nothing's changing. Right. So um I like that I think that theme is is really good and mm -hmm. it, and it works to set you up for the ending. It is worth noting that Keanu might have the least amount of lines out of anyone. Yeah. In this movie he talks so little. It's wild. It is so wild and I love it. I love it too. Cuz it's like and so like you said I do think Donnie Yen's like the movie is about Donnie Yen's yeah. character. Yeah. It's all it's all happening because of John Wick, but because of like what John Wick the choices he's made. It's like now we get to see how it affects this one person. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at kind of in a way, kind of at this point, what more development does is there in John Wick? Right. Like he, it's he's proven in four movies that the man is an unstoppable force. Right. He's the Baba Yaga. You can't. He's either you either have to kill him or he'll kill everybody. Right. <laughs> so it's like there's not much there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I just he had so little to say. You're right. Um, and he was so dramatic in any line delivery, and in a great way. In a great way. Well, it is pretty like, cool. I think I'll need a gun. <laughs> yeah, I I love how the movie starts, and he's pounding his fist on that post, yeah. and it's shaking the theater. Boom, boom, and then uh, Lawrence Fishburn Fishburn comes in, and he's like, who is having the time of his life? <laughs> he is. He is. Probably the besides the Scott Adkins character, yeah, I I really felt it in this movie. He <laughs> is like 
the most expressive character in this whole movie, and I love it because yeah. this movie is kind of full of people just straight faced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delivering lines. That's a good point. Yeah. And he he is like laughing and joking, and he's got his his classic Lawrence Fishburne cadence where he's yelling and it ends in a laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so he sees him, and he and they call back to the first movie, and he's like, he he says like, uh. Are you ready, John? Or, or uh, are you back, John? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and, and he doesn't say, I'm thinking I'm back. But he says, he goes, yeah. And it's like kind of, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And then he goes to the elder, does that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then, so pretty soon, like the first part of this movie, and this is where all the table setting is happening. Uh, Winston is visited by these people from the Marquis, which is Bill, Bill Skarsgård's character. But it's a harbinger, which yeah. means he only brings bad news. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. And he brings this huge... Love his outfit. Yeah. He brings this huge... Uh, 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 hourglass. Hourglass. And he flips it on the table and he says, you have one hour, the hotel is condemned and will be destroyed. Yeah. So Winston leaves and the hotel it gets dis- like demolished, demolished, like blown up. But before that's happening, he goes to Marquis, Bill Skarsgård's character, yeah. And it's basically pleading with him. Yeah. Like, what can we do to set this right? And it's great. It's a pretty great um, introduction scene for the marquee. Yeah. Because he the, the hourglass is like up two minutes left. Right. And he is just taking his sweet ass time, sipping his espresso, putting sugar in it. Yeah. And milking this last few minutes. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nothing um, Winston can do. Well, and th- this is when you see like, like Winston made it look like he tried to kill John Wick at yes. the end of the last movie, yes. but he purposely did not. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, they're like, for that reason, you're condemned. Like you, you, we know that you didn't actually yeah. try to kill him. And so in a way it's kind of like, okay, I understand their motivation, but you're seeing the, the brutality of the thought. Okay. I get destroying the hotel, but then he goes, now that you're not a hotel owner, you don't need a concierge. And he kills Sharon. Sharon or Sharon. Yeah. So is that a moment though, where it's like, Oh, this guy is like bad. Like he's I, not just like, just, I think that's, that's when you start seeing that. Cause there was no reason for him to kill him. No. Although later on when we're in Osaka, they do uh, threaten killing his concierge. Right. But I think that's also just a threat because they know it's his daughter. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's like, he's going overkill. Yeah. And, if anything, Winston thinks he should have been killed, not his concierge. Okay. And so that's that's when it's like, okay, you're fixing chapter three for me. Because yeah. you're showing that this guy, if he if he does this one time, he's done it ten times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, reacted in this way. And I know that, is he a, me- I don't know if he's a member of the high table, but he's. Winston? No, 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 uh, Bill oh, Skarsgård. I think he is. He is, Yeah, okay. he is because the whole reason uh, John Wick had to go back into a family, had to accept him. Yeah. Well, so that because they have they one of them has a seat at the high table and they can challenge Skarsgård because he has a seat at the high table. I think that yeah is how it worked. So yeah, all of that is happening and it's like okay, you are literally fixing the third movie. This is great. Um, and then I think at that point they call Donnie Yen in. And again, if we bounce around, that's okay. And Donnie, well, wait, well that's in Paris. Okay. It's, a, it's an action movie. It's a sweeping action movie. Yeah. So there's location changes like every scene, but that's so beautiful and great. It's not like a Fast and Furious movie where it's like 
I guess another it's so green screen. To look at. Because so then we go to we're back in Paris because Donnie yeah. Yen is sitting on a bench at the Louvre outside. Uh huh. Been there because I, I recognized where he was sitting. Oh, you did. And oh, he wow. was listening to his daughter playing violin. Oh, so they were like in the like the court the, the yard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't catch that. Um, and she yeah she was playing violin, and he was listening to her, and then he goes to the marquee. Like yeah. He has an appointment with him, and that's when he uh, commissions him to to take down John Wick. Yeah. And um and he's like don't make me do this. John was a friend. I'm out. Like I paid my debts. And he's like sorry, you got to come back in. And so this is again when you're seeing the wheels turn. And is this like do, do they have just cause to do this or is it because of the threat of his daughter? Because he says to him like you were by your daughter you you put her in a very dangerous situation today and it's like by sitting with her, by like sitting and listening to her. Well, it it seems like they have him in such a way. I, I, the impression I got is that even though he's out, it's like an understanding where, like, if you get too close to her or whatever, we will still kill her because we still have this leverage. Like this this daughter thing is always hanging over him, but he did something but to keep them both safe. It's definitely an abuse of power, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. and and that's why that's that's what makes me go like retroactively. I go like this shows that the high table has a history. Of doing this to people, okay. Because again, if the, if Bill Skarsgård has done this to one time, he's done it ten times. Can you remind me in the third movie when he goes to his family, uh, John Wick, and yeah. they they rip his ticket? Yeah. Why do they? He goes there because he needs something from them, and whatever they did for him meant that he couldn't be a part of their family anymore. Yeah. Do you remember what? I think they like gave him safe passage That's, through something, and I, was that to get to the elder, maybe, or something? That might have been. Yeah. Okay. But that yeah. was him like punching his ticket. Yeah. Okay. Um. So so yeah, all of that really works for me. And then Donnie Yen's like, okay, I gotta go kill him. Yeah. And then we go to the Japanese continental in Osaka. In Osaka, and boy howdy, we are talking about some great action. And this at this is, point, though, yeah. we're like thirty minutes in, twenty, uh-huh. getting down to thirty, and I'm start. I'm like. I know action has to be coming soon. Yeah. I know. I trust that there will be a lot of action in this movie. But I was getting a little bit like nervous that we hadn't hit anything yet. Yeah. And I was nervous because the world building is so heavy that we're going to get our first really cool long action scene. Yeah. And then we're the it's going to come to a screeching halt. Yeah. And by the end of this movie, I will have so much so many fixes on what they could have cut. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It, it pretty much is nonstop. Like you said, I think that they are they are basically exposition dumping dumping at the beginning uh-huh. so that they don't have to pepper it so right. much throughout. So so what we're so at the begin I think we covered pretty well what happens at the setting of the table but you you kind of said like you know you could have done 20% less. Is that in this first part like what what was something that that you had a problem with in the first like act of this movie? Um no th- this in talking about it uh-huh. it it all pretty much makes sense. Um, so I think, I think I'm fine with all this, especially with the idea of like, they're getting it out of the way Yeah. for the rest of the movie. Um, it might be some stuff later. That's okay. just a okay. little too showy. Okay. Me. Okay. So we'll, I guess, let me know when you're there because I, but still like, because we, ha- I have seen the third movie twice, Uh huh. but it was a while. It's been a while since we've seen the third movie and it's pretty detail heavy. Yeah. So for this first part of the movie, I was kind of like, I don't quite remember what's ta- what's happening. Yeah. 
and like I I know the basic things of what's happening, but these the vocab words they're throwing out there, uh-huh. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Right. So that that's like definitely I just think there's a little too much that kind of stuff in general. Okay. I don't know. I don't think you like need to cut any of it for time for runtime, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot. Okay. Okay. Um well we'll 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 go for it each time that you we'll we'll talk about it and see if we can figure it out. Um because to me, like the the genius of this movie that that I feel like most people felt about the third one, but I felt about this one is like from the very first John Wick movie, when they established the world where he called someone and said, Hey, I need like a body clean. And the guy shows up and there's the police and he goes, Hey John, you back to work? And he goes, eh, maybe. And then the guys come in, he gives them a coin. Like from then on, everyone was like, Oh, this is a weird world. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And they've been exploiting that throughout all of the movies. And this one was like, you you pushed it all the way mm-hmm. in a way that I was like, that I was like, yeah, this all makes sense. It all tracks. This is truly great world building that each successive movie has built upon. Yeah. And again, even retroactively for my money, you're fixing the world building that was in the previous movie. And so like that they just identified we want to see Keanu Reeves fighting and we want to see this weird world. This is what makes this not a Liam Neeson action movie. Sure. This weird world. Sure. And so uh th- to me this movie like was the full like payoff of that. Okay. I do agree with that. Yeah. I do think that if I still went back and watched the third one, I would still have the same problems. Like I think I said at the beginning of this episode that I would have less of in this movie. Cause it's like, I think they have a better handle on it or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But when we are at the continental in Osaka, we meet the tracker character. He checks uh uh into the hotel. He has his emotional support dog, which freaking rocks. Yeah. And, um, I do love though. (laughs) It was, it was like funny. That he, he, his notebook like cracked me up every time oh, he know, opened it, was, it. Yeah, it was very like tropey. Yeah, where he opens it up and, and he's I have, like, like, no idea what he, he's like has sketches of John Wick and stuff, <laughs> and then and then it he's looks like like the diary of a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminded me of like Joker's notebook, where where it's like <laughs> everybody needs to f and die. All of, all of my inks are real. All my pens are really runny, and there's ink all over the pages. And then he's like, "What is he doing?" Because he has that one page that's like increments of millions of dollars going up. Yeah, and he clearly wants to get to like fifty million. Well, that, so that, throughout the movie, yeah. he's just crossing out like. Oh, now it's up to 20. Ooh, but we only saw that one time, but it's like, now we're up to 40. It's <laughs> pretty funny. I just thought it was, it was funny that when he, when he crossed out the million and then he circled the 18 million, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I don't really get it. When he kept on pushing it up, I was like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I really don't think we needed him to do that. No. And it's weird that he knows what well, one time increments too, it's going to go up in, in. in that scene when he's look, he's flipping, it seems like mindlessly through the notebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're seeing the Keanu Reeves sketches, which it's like, oh, he's in love with him. But <laughs> yeah, it know. looks like he has these sketches of him and he's looking up at people. And he, what he's doing is he's noticing the marquee is showing up. Uh-huh. But it almost looks like he's like, is that guy John Wick? Oh, that's what I oh, thought. I didn't even John catch Wick? the marquee one. I thought he was looking for John no, Wick. No, he notices that's like something like there's some weird energy happening because like these right. These oh no, no, no. yes, in. yeah, yeah. But yeah. it almost felt like because he was looking down at the portraits, <laughs> yeah. like that's not him. No, I don't think that's him either. <laughs> yeah, and when when he was introduced that way, I was kind of like, 
okay, I don't know about this character <laughs> uh, at first. But uh, yeah, so. So, but then we find out that John Wick is at this Continental. Yeah. He, because um, we, the. Um, He's friends with the, the Continental owner. And, yeah. and that guy's like, my loyalty of friendship is, is more important to me than the rules of the high table. Shimazu. Shimazu. Is that um, the character name? Yeah. Okay. So and, yeah, he, they, that's he, he's there for a like a little safe haven. Yeah. So how do, who who tips off the marquee that he's there? It seems like, and I don't know, maybe on rewatch we we would catch it, but it seems like the Bill Skarsgård is just like he's just going. He's to friends with him, so let's get rid of his hotel. Oh, because at that point they all know that his friends are very few. Yeah, and they've recruited one of his friends, Donnie Yen. Yeah. So. Okay. And and I think again that shows like his evil where where he doesn't even have information that's leading him there and he's like condemn the hotel sure which will result in killing people probably sure and so uh, the concierge she starts evacuating the hotel discreetly yeah and then John Wick's up on the roof and they begin talking you know I thought her performances were just okay oh I I thought she was good uh, the action with her was great she was yeah. awesome but um I thought she was okay I I liked. I, I thought it was cute and fun character writing when with she was the daughter stuff. when she was talking to her dad and she's like, you have an appointment with your daughter for dinner who thinks you're working too hard. And he's like, oh, she seems to think that she knows best. And then later in the scene, he's like, I'll see you at dinner or whatever. Yeah, and I was no, like, was oh, cute. she's the daughter. It was cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they meet with John Wick up on the roof and then the Continental gets flooded <laughs> and the, the marquee guys come in. And all of these Continental guys have bow and arrows locked on these guys. And then, like, an army yeah. walks in the well, door. Before that, he, he's walking, like, through the kitchen, and there's all of his, like, henchmen, like, security uh-huh. guards. Uh-huh. And he's like, we have some guests at the Continental, and they're they're going to be needing our hospitality. And they're like, okay, go to the fridges, pull out the guns, pull <laughs> the out the samurai bows. swords and stuff. <laughs> and so- wh- what ensues is an action scene that I think beats every other action scene in John Wick. Really? Up to this point. Okay. It was absolutely it was great. bonkers. Bow and arrow, and and it is. I I saw um, I I, I saw Patrick Willems' uh, letterbox on the movie, and he said something to the effect of, "It's like Chad Stahelski saw my video about John Wick, which I know he didn't, but it's <laughs> like he saw it and thought, yeah, he's right. When we use just shotguns and bigger assault rifles, it's not as much fun. Yeah." And he replaces it with nunchucks and bow and arrows. And I'm like, <laughs> and this is stars. better. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's insane, insane, insane action mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing. All of the And we're henchmen, not even seeing John Wick yet. No. And all the henchmen look like green goblins. Yeah, yeah. They have those crazy masks on them. Yeah. And uh and and here was something I noticed, and I don't remember if this was in chapter three. But in, in chapter two, he gets the body armor. Uh, uh, suit mm-hmm. where it can block bullets, and so he uses it to block bullets, mm-hmm. which is such a clever. The marquee guys have that too. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Oh, sorry. Uh, so it's such a clever way to like be able to do what the gun foo kind of yeah. stuff in this. But in the third movie, I don't remember any other characters having it except for John Wick. Still. Yeah, but maybe it was new, and by this time well, everyone has it. Th- but this is what I'm saying. That's fashion, babe. What I'm saying is. I think this is great world building because you're you're watching the movie and then all the marquee characters have those suits as well. And it's just a great way to 
like unify the world because when you're sitting there and you're like, how come John Wick has it, but no one else has it. Yeah. Well, and in this movie, it's like, no, everybody's got it's it. It's like a video game. We're on the next level in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now everyone is as powerful as he is from the last movie. So he has to work even harder to level <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then Donnie Yen during this whole fight, he's eating noodles. Yeah. And then they're like, dude, you got to do your job. And he sets up these devices all over this kitchen and you're like what are these yeah, i'm thinking like are they explosions he sets yeah. one up and but then he's, he's like pretty close to them so it's i too didn't high yeah and he sets it down and then all of a sudden someone walks by one and it goes bing bong and then he gets up and like shoots the person uh-huh. and then bing bong bing bong starts shooting them and i was like no way with this <laughs> no way yeah that was awesome and he's just got such a cool aura and he does the machine gun punch. He does. He does the wind up punch. Crazy. Um, man, Donnie Yen is so cool. Could you imagine having that much coolness? Uh, no, I actually can't. I can't. And I don't think he kills these people. No, that's which was interesting. No, no, he would kill. No, no. Oh, yeah, because he's on the marquee side. Yeah, he's not killing them. He's just knocking them unconscious. Yeah. Because he doesn't Something want to kill to them. Note. Yeah. Yeah, he's only been hired to kill one person. Uh huh. And so, and then eventually John Wick gets into this fight where he loses his guns and he then has nunchucks. Uh And this is when I was just cackling the whole time because I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe, because, you know, the most I know about nunchucks usually is like America's Funniest Home Videos. Someone hits themselves with a crotch, in the crotch. Yeah. Um, Hits himself with a crotch. (laughs) but man, you're seeing the brutality of nunchucks, and I'm like, man, if someone knows how to use those things, you're in trouble. I'm curious what the prop nunchucks are. Like, if they're just like foam or they something. They gotta be foam. Yeah, right? because I mean, he's just... hitting that guy in the head like a windmill. Yeah, that would hurt so bad. Yeah. Um, and it's another great room that has like a lot of glass to shatter. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like shattering all this glass. He's... Um, and then there's a great moment where he's fighting Donnie Yen. And then, like, it gets to a point where it's all quiet, and it's not the Western Front, but Donnie Yen goes, John, you dead? And there's no answer. And then John sees a gun, and he moves, and he crinkles a little bit of glass, Mm -hmm. and then the fight ensues again. Mm -hmm. Then he gets out, and we can assume the Continental is destroyed there. Well, then Donnie Yen catches up with Shimazu. Yes. Um, And he does kill him. He does. So uh, she is it Shimazu? <laughs> I'm not looking it up again. You, you said that. that's what okay. you said. Um, his daughter's been injured or has been shot. He's also been shot. So they're trying to get to a location, which I'm assuming means that they'll be safe. Yeah. And uh, it helped. Um, but Donnie Yen beats them. Yeah. And so he starts fighting Shimazu with a, it was a Ford sword fight. Um, man, it looks so good. And man, I have just never seen someone stab like this before. Yeah, and action anything where it's just so quick, but like with the the fatal blow, uh-huh. he goes all the way through him yeah. and out quickly, like in less than a second. Yeah. It also, looks- his daughter. Remember when she's attacking that big guy and he's walking up the stairs and she's oh, just like, that was so cool. That was so cool. Him. She was climbing up him stabbing with him. knives. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, so I think he kills him because he did help John Wick. Like he is the one responsible yeah. for it. Yeah. Um. And the the daughter catches up with John Wick and is like, you're the reason, like, you killed my dad. Yeah. And either you're going to go kill that guy or I am. Yeah. And that that's when she she departs. That That's her, that part of the story is over. Yeah. Um, 
but but it's cool because he's and I maybe you just said this and I phased out, but but Donnie Yen says, um, he says I'll be expecting you or something to like her, that. Yeah. So like yeah. the expectation of like I know you're gonna want revenge. Yeah. And I know you'll want to kill me, but I'll be ready. Yeah. But in in a way that's almost like knowing and almost loving, like it's just the it's just the job. It's the world. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that happens. Yeah. And then John Wick is what where do they go after that? Is do they go to Berlin next? I don't think so. Does he catch up with Winston at the um in New York? Yeah, and that's it might be that. That's where Winston's like, How are you gonna get out of this? Yeah. And he goes, What's your plan? Like you're just senselessly killing people. I've lost the Continental. I lost my best friend. Yeah, and then he says, There is one way out, John. And that's if you challenge him to a duel. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what is that? And he goes, well, that's the old ways, and the old ways have to be respected. And, and then he goes, but you need a seat at the high table to, like, send the message and to make it official. And then he goes, so you can either talk to your family, or he, he says, so you need to talk to your family. And he goes, they punched my ticket, which happened in the last movie. And then he goes, well, then I suggest you either go to Berlin and get back in and get your ticket amended, or you find yourself a plot. Mm-hmm. A grave plot because he, they're at Sharon's grave mm-hmm. or Sharon, um, and uh, what what does his grave say? Just like a it's friend. His friend, yeah, which is great. Yeah, because the whole movie Winston's like, well, how do you sum up a person's life? Not or the, not whole, the movie, whole movie. That one one, movie. <laughs> one line. He's basically, what do you guys want on your gravestone, your yeah. headstone? Yeah, and he he said for Sharon, I put friend because that's what he was. Yeah. And then John Wick says, well, Lawrence Fishburne's like, long live the king. Yeah. And then I think Winston said something. I forget what he said. But then Fishburne's like, it's a prophecy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he like, of course, probably belly laughs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then John Wick says, loving husband. Yeah. Which kind of has a, it kind of has an emotional yeah. uh, moment at the end. Because um, that's what it's literally all been yeah, for. Yeah. So then um, he has to go to Berlin. Yeah. And he goes to Berlin. He meets with the East East Berlin, like Germany, uh, Russian type people. Like so we kind, couldn't get it. Kind of throughout this movie, we, we don't learn a lot about the tracker character. No. Um, but, but he just we, keeps popping up. He keeps popping up. It's clear that he um, is only interested in killing John Wick for the bounty yeah. throughout the whole movie. And at a certain point, he goes to Marquis. Yeah. And and says, like, I will do this for you for this much money, and then you match my 401k with this much yeah, money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he negotiates a price and starts at like $23 million uh-huh. um for it. And then this part was a little like I don't I don't really care about no, this it. This is cool, and I'll tell you why. But go okay, ahead. Okay, but he they, they shake hands on it, and then Skarsgård stabs a, a knife through his hand, and yeah. he said, you know, there there's two different ways to go about this. Just pull the knife out or pull your hand out. Yeah, and he says, he says one is selfish and shows that you you are serving yourself, and the other shows that you serve others. Yeah. So if he pulls his hand out, it shows that he has service to the high table. So but I guess I just don't get. Well, go ahead. So what? Here's what's cool about this, and I noticed this before. Okay. Uh, but I just didn't know how it happened. But Donnie Yen, at one point before this scene, takes off his glasses, and he has scars above his eyes. That's what that, that is that how he's through. blind. Yeah. Yeah, and in my head, I was like, oh, so he got those in battle, is mm-hmm. what I thought, or he was given those scars. But then later in the movie. At this scene, he's talking to the tracker, and he goes, "Be careful what you agree to." Oh, and then okay. when he comes out, he he 
or like later in the movie they talk, maybe it's in the same scene, I can't remember, and he says, I can't believe they took your eyes, and he says, I gave my eyes. So is that how they can always get him to come back? Well, he, the implication there is that they said they they were going to blind him, or, or not blind him, whatever, and, and much like the hand thing, he was given the choice of like, you either get out not blind, or you give us your eyes, and give your service to the high table and you'll always be under our under our foot. Okay. And so that's why I think it all works to me. So it's like So it seems like this tracker guy is like a young buck that yeah. is maybe a little like, yeah, whatever, I'll do this thing. Yeah. Because I just want my money. Yeah. Like he's more motivated by that than like like he does like Donnie Yen saying, like I like you don't fully <laughs> you just keep bumping the mic. <laughs> you don't fully understand like you need to like understand your word, like your bond. Yeah. And maybe that's a part of the movie where that, that character is still so motivated by the money of it all. Yeah. That he doesn't, it, it doesn't take until the end of the movie for him to understand. Right. And that's that kind of stuff. Like the Donnie Yen is like at one point him and John Wick were like him. They're in it for the money. They're doing it for the money. And they gave themselves. Oh, okay. To so the that high works. table. That's fine. And, and Donnie Yen gave up his eyes. I would guess probably years before he even had his daughter. Oh, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with his daughter. Well, I, it, but uh, yeah. the fact that he gave them up yeah. makes me feel like that. And then, and then now it's like, I wish I hadn't have done that and yeah. wish I'd have stayed out of this whole thing. Yeah. So, okay. So it's like selling your soul to the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you're giving your service and that's your pledge hmm. in your own body. Um, so to me, when, it was like, okay, whatever, when he cuts his hand. But then when Donnie Yen said, like, I gave my eyes, I was like, okay, that's really cool. So, anyway. Hmm. Then, so John Wick is in the situation where in order to amend his ticket, he has to go kill this guy who killed Pietor? Yeah. Now, I, who is that? I couldn't remember. Can, oh, okay. can you talk about the yeah. scene while so I look he, it up? Yeah, he goes to Berlin and goes to, it seems like a Russian Orthodox, I, I Oh, well, no, we think it's Eastern European, but whatever. I'm just, something like a Russian Orthodox church. Okay. Um, yeah. Where he meets with the family. They want to kill him because of all the things that he's responsible for that's mm -hmm. affected them. And so it's like, basically, why should we let you live? Because I think like he, they punched, they, they ripped his ticket and then so many things went wrong for them yeah. because of it is what I was led to believe. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, they said like, we'll reinstate you if you avenge Piotr's Piotr's yeah death now Piotr is the guy at the beginning of John Wick 2 who has the car that he goes up to in his office yeah and he's gonna he's he's like hey take the car debts are paid we're good so and John Wick is like okay we're good and leaves so Killa killed him yep oh okay yeah, played by Peter Stormare yes so who is the guy from Fargo. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's in it. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and gets eaten by all oh, of those raptors. Because remember, right. Steven Spielberg said uh, that he wanted revenge for the, his character uh, putting the the woman in the, or putting putting the guy in the wood chipper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the woman was it? It was the. Yeah, he puts the woman in the wood chipper, right? No, no, no. Steve Buscemi. He puts Steve yeah. Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she gets out. Yeah, they that's right. I, it, it's been a long time. I, know. I, I couldn't remember. Man, that movie rocks. Uh, yeah, so then he goes to Berlin. Yeah. He meets he meets Scott Adkins, 
and at the same, I love this because this is so. Th- this movie is so great, also because it's doing like this is full on mixed martial arts movie, and also it is a full on western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and awesome. Okay, so they go and they have to literally go to a card table and gamble. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool, we're doing a western now, but yet there's like club music playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And these huge fans that would really bother my eyes if I had to play a card game in there. <laughs> but every set is just so gorgeous. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Screw realism. I'm done with realism in movies. I want to see places that look like this. If, if Unless you're doing like Spotlight or something. Okay, I, sure. I, I want to I see, see exaggerated stuff. But this is fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Okay, so yeah, Donnie Yen and Tracker are all on catch his, up on his yeah, every yeah. move. So they show up, and so well, first of all, who's the character that brings John Wick in? He it's just so funny that I am Klaus. Yeah, so they <laughs> they have Donnie Yen be blind again, which that's totally fine. Yeah, but it's like guys, he was in Rogue One blind. Yeah, but again, that's totally fine. Um, but then they also just have an I am Groot character for <laughs> yeah, no yeah, reason, yeah. <laughs> which I just thought was very funny and kind of strange. Um. So they're at the card table. Um, and Scott Atkins like, we're going to play a deal. Whoever loses dies. Yeah. So they play five car- five hand draw. Yeah. And they all have really good hands, but the tracker has a royal flush. And uh, it's funny because Donnie Yen's like, like, oh, I bet that my hand's really good. I'm kidding. I'm blind. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he throws it down. He's got an okay hand. But then... Uh, Scott Atkins has a five of a kind, mm-hmm. which of course is not possible. Mm-hmm. And so they're all like, oh, you're a cheater. And then, and then John Wick's, yeah, he, he's like, yeah, he's a, he's a cheating bastard or something. And they're all like, oh, and, and it's this moment where the three of them are like, all right, we're oh. not going to kill each other yet. We got to kill this guy. I think Don Yen says in um, Mandarin Chinese, I don't know, like he, he calls him a cheating a-hole. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. John Wick turns to him. Yeah. He is. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it's just this moment where they're like, all right, the John Wick problem is not going to be today. Right now, we're, we're getting yeah. this guy. And then we have this epic battle where there are, it reminded me of The Matrix. Yeah, me too. It, it, was, too. Like, it was like, oh, this is cool, where yeah. people are just clubbing and it's just a huge fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's he, awesome. He's chasing Scott Atkins and they have this huge fight. They, they do the first huge fall for Keanu. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. That looked that looked detrimental. Well, it's something I finally figured out within the internal logic of the movie is if if your body armor can prevent you from getting shot, then it should be able to protect you against falls, too. The suits. Okay. Okay. And so that that's how I can, like, justify the insane falls. That makes falls no sense, but in this movie, through. it probably does. You know what, Jordan? Um, I think... We are getting a couple things confused, so let's just go see the movie again and then finish recording. And I am being serious, okay? Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to go see the movie again, audience, and then we'll come back and we'll tell you about the rest of it. So So we made it back. We just saw the movie a second time. I can't hear myself. Now I can. Um, we just saw the movie for a second time. Happy to report that not only does it hold up, but it's better the second time around. <laughs> I, I, we are not joking. We saw this movie again. We same really day, saw it. Or not same day. Next day, same exact showtime. And our good, our, our year, our anniversary episode has not come out yet. Uh-huh. But in that episode, 
I don't remember if people know what movie we're talking about, so I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. But we talk about how we loved that movie so much, we saw it the next day. Yeah. And we were talking about how I actually can't remember the last time I've done that. <laughs> yeah, this was the from, one since that, that did movie. it. <laughs> and, uh, well, now I can. It's John Wick Chapter 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who, doggy doggy. Yeah, yeah, and um, it seems like I mean we'll we'll be getting into these specific. It feels like we're about to start a new episode, <laughs> but we'll be getting into the specifics. But I feel like it may have fixed potentially some of your, like like you already mentioned one thing that when you first saw it you're like that's an eye roll kind of, and then when you watch it, you're like oh I get it now that's cool. Yeah, but we're not there yet. <laughs> okay. So we're in Berlin, and um. He's he's fallen off and and what do we love about Keanu Reeves? Well, there's two things that he does and every time he does it we like it. And it's when he is in a club where people are dancing and don't really care about what else is happening and he has to do something. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in Matrix. Uh although he's off having sex with Trinity, but still it's intercut. They're also talking during a club scene. In the first one. And then there's there's that. There's the John Wick club scene. There's mm-hmm. like a club scene in every John Wick movie. We love to see the man with a gun mm-hmm. running through a crowd. Mm-hmm. Then what else do we like? We like to see him fighting in the rain. Mm-hmm. And Chad Stahelski says, what if he fights in the rain and a club where it's raining? <laughs> so he does that. I was really watching both times that like it's it's funny how the people in the club just dance through it all. And and I'm like I get it, it's loud and stuff. But then kind of randomly, they all start leaving. It seemed like well, there wasn't a I point mean, during, that made during sense. During the fighting, some people stopped dancing and they were freaking out. But that's that's way into the. I was clocking it. Well, on this I kind of it's I, way actually, into the fight. The second time watching it, I'm curious how they um, direct a scene like that because there's a lot of people. Yeah, and it is a like the environment is loud. I wonder if like if there's like a a rule like you're just dancing, you're having a good time. If you get bumped look at what's happening yeah and freak out yeah and go and run away from it that's like the only thing i can think of to make it not be chaos right or be like no one's paying attention at all which doesn't which doesn't seem realistic well what's what's hilarious is knowing and and this is what i think about like anytime there's a club scene is knowing when we see it we're just hearing is just that all you're hearing are people sneakers like i know and then you're just hearing like, huh, huh. <laughs> I know it's funny. Another, uh, a cool thing in this scene too, which is another, just like, it's an action movie, but it's not your everyday action movie. But something to also make it different aside from the set piece. Yeah. Um, these henchmen are going to be having hatchets. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it just seems, it's such a strange choice, but they have hatchets. So there's some crazy ax throwing stuff going on in people's heads and stuff. And this is intercutting with, um, Kane slash Johnny Yen's character yeah. doing continuing to machine gun stab people with his sto- uh-huh, sword. Uh-huh. And um I, I love that part where he he like releases a light bomb, like a sensory bomb. Yeah, and he says lights out assholes. <laughs> 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 because he can't see it. Yeah. Um I, I love Donnie Yen is so Forget unbelievable because it. he has these mannerisms throughout the movie and he'll do these things that are like, oh, he did that. That is not in the script. Nobody told him to do that. Do you He's mean acting wise? Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, acting yeah. wise. Yeah. Like like the way he reacts to the light. Yeah. Um, and then later in the movie, oh, there's something he does toward the end of the movie at the stairs that's like, that's just such a Donnie Yen thing to do, where it's like, I'm going to react to this in a certain way. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's just, 
oh, his, he's so good. He is. He, he is, is unbelievable. So wonderful, this movie. And if, if you need a more Donnie Yen fix and you haven't seen him, we've covered the Ip Man movie. So you can go back a couple years and listen to our coverage on that, where we had actual like martial artists. And if you're on like, who, who is this Donnie Yen? I've never even heard of the, the Jabron. You're you wrong. Have Get out of beca- here. Because you've seen Rogue One. Yeah. And he is in Rogue One and he's awesome in it, too. Yeah. But he, but you can get a fill you never dreamed. You you watch Rogue One and you're like, whoa, that that's a cool martial artist that that added a lot of fun stuff to this movie. And you're you know that you want more, right? And there is so much more you can have. There's yeah. so much more he gives you. But he really gets his due in this one. Yeah. Um. Like I, I'm pretty sure I said, but now I'm confused because of the way we recorded this. But I think that he's the main character of this movie. You did say that. Okay, yeah. I, I really do think that he is the main character, and he, he makes this movie work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they have this big, long fight. It's an incredible set. Yeah. I mean, th- this is, I, I saw someone pointing out, like, that it's, it's awesome that Chad Stahelski goes, okay, they give him a $100 million budget. He's made it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think with the third movie, it was pretty blank check for him. But still, it's like, OK, you're getting a hundred million dollars to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't go, OK, cool. Like, I'm going to add like a CGI character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wouldn't work in this world. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the temptation is always to go with CGI. That's the David yeah. Leach move. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, cool. I have a hundred million dollars. Let's build some of the craziest sets people have ever seen. And let's put Scott Adkins, beloved stuntman in a fat suit. Yeah. It's and it's it really and his is incredible. Is good too. He's great. He's, He's so great. funny. I, I'd like to watch his uh, his movies, yeah. the, his famous ones. Yeah. Um, but so they have this big long fight. It's really good, and eventually he knocks Scott Atkins down these stairs, and Scott Atkins lands on his head, and or, it kills him. Oh, but you don't. You're not saying for real. You're saying the character. Yeah, the character. Yeah. But again, this is the other thing though. When you're watching these movies, when these people are falling off stuff, they. It's not CG. I don't know how they're yeah, pulling this off. Yeah, but Scott Adkins, the actor, is not landing on his no, neck. No, I know that. I know that. Okay. Um, but uh, even watching it a second time, I'm like, I've seen falls that are fake. Yeah. And you always know when they're fake. Yeah. Because we still haven't quite figured out how to do it. Yeah. With CGI. I would, I would be more interested in knowing how they do the, the John Wick fall. When, when John yeah. falls in this scene on that beam, that concrete beam. I think it's, it's just like, a how person. does it not break every rib in your body? Yeah, I think someone just did it. And that, I, just, and ha- that just was padded, and then they, like, the thing's padded, they're padded, and they're dr- dramatizing And then the, the floor is padded as well. And I think... Man, it's just, it really looks so terrible. But that's still, like, oh, that's your terrible one meaning, take. violent. And then, like, that actor's, like, wrapped for the day. Yeah. And they're probably not working till like, next week. Yeah, to but, recover. Yeah, there's so many falls in this movie, and none of them look fake. No. Um... It's it's truly like unbelievable. Yeah. And even even in the third movie when he gets off the gets shot off of the hotel, you can see where it kind of like CGs and they're kind of stitching it together. At in the, the third end, movie, you the, said? yeah. Okay. But in this movie, I didn't notice that on any of the falls. I um not fall wise, but the most uh, obvious CG that I noticed in the movie was during the Arc de Triumph scene. Yeah. It was uh at the very beginning especially um with people getting hit by cars. Yeah. That that was the most obvious, but I'll, oh no, 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 it wasn't even that. It was before he even gets there. It's the first time he got hit by a car. Yeah. It was just very um it almost feels like they sped they sped up the frame rate. 
but it was just a CGI thing and it just looked a little janky, but when, well, and they do, you know, they, they remove, uh, uh, frames yeah. for hits and stuff like that in action movies. That's why sometimes there's like a janky, but it, you still feel like an impact. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And the Arctic triumph scene, you know, a lot of the cars are CG, but, yeah. but what blew me away is when someone did get hit by a car for the most part. Yeah. Maybe the car was CG, but they still had like an actor on wires flying in the air mm-hmm. because the actor was still like a physical person mm-hmm. getting thrown somewhere. Right. And so it's like, okay, the car maybe looks a little fake, but it doesn't look that bad. And the actor looks is real. Like yeah. he is actually like doing a flip. Yeah. It's so freaking insane. Uh, yeah. It's such a, and my goodness, the audience both nights just. People yucked it up. It, they yeah. loved it. And now that it's Sunday, I can tell you the mo- the movie's opening around 75. Wow. Which rated R, non-superhero, that's huge. Yeah. The last one was like 56. And that was also, like, it, each one has gotten bigger. Yeah. And uh, and Shazam is has dropped, like, 70 or something like that. 70%. Percent? Wow. It's going to make, like, no money, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. But, but I honestly expected. Yeah. It's 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 a bummer because it's a good movie. I wish we would have like rejected a different superhero movie because yeah. I, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But it's also like if you're gonna see a movie, don't waste your time with Shazam. You can watch John Wick. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. So um uh yeah, the, the Scott Adkins character dies, John Wick pulls out one of his gold teeth. That's the proof of his death. Yeah. Goes back to the um to the family and they they bring him back into the fold. Yeah, they give him the crest. Yeah, they give him the crest. They give him the note that the family declares a duel against Mar- the Marquis. Yeah. And John Wick is goes in their stead for it. Um, so then we get that really cool scene with um, Winston walking through the Louvre. Yeah. And and it's like, it's a long walk. That's, they're, they're, they're that's really when I was showing like, off like, guys, we got, we got the Louvre. Yeah, that's when I was like, they have to have actually gone there. Because yeah. this would be such a waste to like replicate all these paintings yeah. or put them in a green screen. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the paintings are specifically about the French Revolution. Yeah. Um, and that, and the, that. Well, some of them, because there's also like Christ in, in a couple well, but of the, them. But I would, I, but a lot of it is, because it is a, it's an organized museum. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of it is French Revolution stuff. Because remember in the Louvre, there are some, there's like one hall, probably more than one, where it takes you through like Napoleon's and every single painting. That's right. Yeah. And it's showing like that was that battle. That was that battle. And so on. And, and I so think forth. there was like a Jesus and apostles hall as well. And that might have like, that might have been painted during the revolution and signified this part of it too. Yeah. yeah. Or after the revolution, but it meant this thing. Um, it, it, I just love it. Yeah. Um, and so he, he has the, the declaration of the duel. Uh-huh. Winston does gives it to the marquee. And, um, is basically, you know, doesn't necessarily have to convince him, but the Marquis is like, well, why would I do this? Right. Um, but he's, he doesn't want to do it. He's a coward, you know, but so I, I understood better the second time around that I, I I didn't quite catch this the first time and it's totally me. Yeah. But, um, it's you, the high table of consisting of 12 people, I guess, um, all dis- all signed this document that gave him like the sole power yeah. to take care of the John Wick situation. And I, I can't remember at what point, but at some point during the movie, Winston reminds him, you know, if you don't take care of this, what you said you were going to do, your power means nothing. They're just going to kill you. Right. Okay. So yeah. I don't, he says it at some point during yeah. the movie. 
maybe it's even the scene. But um, yeah, so he lets it know this is going to happen. And I can't remember what else he says. Uh, well, he, he says, but, but if, you, if you were the person who killed John Wick, you won't just be another marquee. Think of the power that could give someone in our world. Yeah. If you're the one who killed him. Yeah. So he's, he's tempting oh, yeah, him he's with like, the we're, duel. We're surrounded, by, we're surrounded by a hall slash paintings of servants remembering the, yeah. uh, a man's victory. Yeah. Specifically talking about, well, just about people who were in power at that time. Uh-huh. But you could, you could be the person that is remembered in a much better way yeah. than this part of history. Yeah. A way to connect those dots with the paintings. Well, he references the paintings at that point. Yeah. But... Yeah. Still, you're connecting more dots than they explicitly say. So, good job. Um, It's just, if you're going to shoot in the Louvre, you got to have some meaning behind it. Rather than just showing off. No, yeah, I agree. But also show off a little bit. I agree. That's what this whole movie does. Um, Yeah, so, they're going to do the duel. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Kane, we find out, is um, was John Wick's name when he was working. Yeah. Uh, which is cool, and so I which like that. I think that means trying to recall things, um, because Kane famously killed it is his spelled brother. Different. How is it spelled different? It's C A I N E. Isn't that how you spell it? No, it's C A I N in the Bible. But maybe that's a in this language, it's spelled yeah. that way. So I I really think it's he Donnie Yen was given the name Kane because he is being contracted as an assassin to kill another assassin. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, if I, that, that is that's the case, the simplest explanation for me for why you yeah. have that title. I just thought I I imagined it. I like yours better, by the way. But I just when I heard it, I was just like, oh, it's like 007. It's like, oh, this is the new 007. Like John oh, wakes okay. out and here's 007. Okay, you know. Uh, that's how I viewed it, but yeah. that's cooler. Yeah, if that's the case, like they have a cane when they need it. Yeah, but but also like they call, they at the beginning they're they're like get cane. It's not like this is a newly bestowed title to him, but mm. maybe that's what he's been doing. He's had to like kill other people, but it doesn't seem like that. No, it doesn't. But the, but it doesn't say it's not. So we could go with your way. I mean, that's cool. So he they meet at sunrise or something. Not yet. To to do the decide what the duel they're, is. They're negotiating the terms of the duel. Yeah. And uh this is cool. They they just have like these like metal card glass things that they flip over and whoever has the highest number gets it. Gets what they want. Yeah, so it's like what time is the duel? Sun uh now, John Wick says. He says sunrise, he gets it. Then it's like what he meaning marquee. Yeah. And then and then another one, he goes, What type of weapons? And the marquee says swords, which if if you've seen the movie, at first I thought, oh, the marquee just must be good at swords. But yeah. we know it in hindsight, having seen it now, that he actually knows that Kane is more versed in swords than John Wick. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna nominate him, which I thought was a cool touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he loses that, and it's John Wick with the pistols. Mm-hmm. Which also later in the movie, when they make it up the stairs, I, I love I love that Kane slices his hand because he knows he knows like he's more versed in pistols, and I gotta even the score because he'll kill me. That's how I took that. Oh, so he he cut his shooting hand, his strong, his dominant hand. I think so. Oh, I mean, I didn't catch which one, but I I it was I, his right hand. Okay, yeah, then yeah. Okay. Um, I think anyway, I, I didn't think about it like that, but I just felt like he was, he's, you know, it's like if it was swords, he'd be set. He wouldn't be worried. Mm-hmm. 
But since it's guns, it's like John Wick will kill me. Mm-hmm. He's he knows better. He he's that's his weapon. Um, he's also not blind. I mean, quite honestly, they have to shoot each other at thirty paces away. Uh huh. Oh, John Wick. Yeah, John Wick's not blind. I'm like, yeah, Donnie Yen is. Um, But yeah, so then they decide on this duel. They're going to do it. And so I was kind of like, I guess we're wrapping up the movie. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, but it kind of feels like the Berlin scene wasn't like the climactic action scene. So they do something really smart (laughs) as a writing thing that's just genius, where they go, the marquee basically says, yeah, he's going to get there at sunrise. I just don't think he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. And what ensues is, I don't know, 40 minutes? But before that, he goes action? to the church. Yes, yes. That's most important. He has some yeah. unfinished business to ke- take care of. He goes to a church, and he prays to his wife. And it's just a, a nice moment between him and Donnie Yen. Yeah. Um, where, you know, John doesn't actually think he's talking to his wife, but it, what if he's wrong? Yeah, I love and, that. And we, you know, learn a little bit more about Kane and his relationship to his daughter and how he's like, I'm damned because of the life that he's chosen. Yeah. But my daughter's not. And just kind of saying, like, I have to do this all for my daughter. Yeah. Um, and he, he says that moment where he goes, it's nice to sit here with a friend, John. Yeah. Oh, emotional. Good. Yeah. So then John goes to, like, the French Bowery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where Lawrence Fishburne shows up with his new Kevlar suit. Yeah. Um, A man's got to look his best when he's getting married or buried. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this is being intercut with, uh, we're with the operators who there's a, you know, his bounty just keeps, has been going up throughout the whole movie. Um, And we're, you know, it's common knowledge that he is, needs to make his way to the sacred heart church. Yeah. And uh, he needs to do it by sunrise. He is here right now. We know he's here. Guys, you're assassins. Do your job and you'll get $25 million or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I love how they shot that so much, but we can get there in a second because then there's that other sweet moment Yes, where the uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Winston are taking John to uh, through the sewers to the point where he's going to go up to the ground and go to the church. And that's when they talk about headstones, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And that's when, you know, John wants a loving husband. Right. Um, so then, like you're saying, there's there's heart in the movie. It's kind of is. wild that they pull it off. It's great from, from where the series has gone for them to loop it around and be like, no, but there's a heart at the at the middle of this. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I think too, it, it's always fun too to try and figure out like if they're telling you if their main character is going to die or not throughout yeah. the movie, and I, I feel like at a point, so it, and when he's in the church with Donnie and Donnie and tells him like, I'm going to kill you, John. Yeah, and John says maybe not. And then when we're at this scene with Winston and the king, you know, he's like, I want loving husband. And it's like, that that does feel like when this is over, I am done. Yeah. I want to be dead. You know? I I did think on the second watch that the way John says maybe not feels like not him saying like, I'm going to kill you, but it's like he's saying there might be another way out of this. Which that's probably, there's subtext there for sure yeah so then we get like the next 40 minutes of what you're saying (laughs) which is probably my it is it's definitely my favorite part of the movie but i love this first part i forget where he gets led up into the into the streets but the it's it's being the 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 pacing is so cool with the lady who is the disc jockey yeah and she's putting on different songs throughout to help uh accompany all of the fighting 
Yeah. Have a very, very cool painted black cover. Yes. That I freaking That is love. in French. Yeah. Um, and, and then we have like, what I would say is like, reminds me of the first John Wick mm-hmm. fight scene where it is like, okay, here we go. What, what's going to happen is it's cars like hitting each other and running around shooting each other. Mm-hmm. And is it in this sequence where he literally peels out around a car like like the guys in a car and that's sh- at the Arctic. That's at the, oh my gosh! But this scene, he because uh, he's given a, a really cool gun from the king, of course. Yeah. And he, I, I like that he is able to reach down as he's speeding away <laughs> and pick up the gun off of the road and zoom off. But yeah, it's all these people are trying to get him, and and he is just picking them off one by one. And the the woman is narrating how it's all going. Yeah, and she's just like, guys, you gotta be better than this. And is she saying bumpers? Or I, buppers. Sounds, I I couldn't tell. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking. I think I was hearing buppers. Or buppers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then we go to the Arc Day Triumph. Yeah. Which is and one of the coolest this, parts. So okay. And it's long. This is long, and this is one of the cleverest action scenes I think ever put to film. Yeah. Chad Zahelski goes, "What if walls moved?" That's that's what this fight scene is, yeah. where it's like cover is literally moving around. And instead of much like the club, it's like, no, no, the car the traffic doesn't stop. They're still just driving around and they all have to fight within this. How much did you think was actually shot there? I can't imagine a lot. Me neither. Because as we know from Mission Impossible Fallout, they were given how long to shoot there? I want to say like half hour. Maybe. They didn't ha- maybe they ha- a half I think hour. they had like one shot to do it one or like shot. or like two or three run throughs and that was definitely an action sequence for yeah. sure but it is nothing compared to this part of, to John Wick four yeah. on, on what on the scale yes yeah so and and even in the um, Mission Impossible movie most of those cars are not real yeah because they had to because because they couldn't risk not getting the shot probably in one or two takes because one driver wasn't like messed up well and and honestly I mean. Putting 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 any actor in that kind of danger when you can pretty much fake it with True. CG, like I, put in a CGI car, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like do that, you know. Yeah. I don't. But want, I think it's I don't also want to Tom eliminate. To die. It's, I think it's also to eliminate human error in in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So the, so it's this fight where the cars are driving around and they are like running in between cars. People are getting hit. This is where we talked about like you know some of the cars are cg and they're hitting people but it's like real hits Mm -hmm. it's crazy and there's the the shot where there's like three cars parked together and john wick (laughs) in his car i'm cackling like i was at the theater he is spinning spin wheeling around like shooting like five or six times picking them off by like flies yeah I've never seen that in an action movie before. I've never seen that in a movie well he kind of does it in the first movie but not 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 to this extent i guess not like that yeah and and it is I, I mean, it must be seen to be believed, and you, it and really you is. and you can't see this at home. No, you, you have can't. to see this and in so, the biggest theater you can find. Well, that's happening. The tracker shows up because he's getting his bounty, um, but he's calling the marquee, yeah. and is like, "You gotta, you gotta raise the price. This isn't worth it. You right. got, you gotta keep raising it." And his dog gets in on the fight. Dog, the dog is his dog is jumping on cars, which looks <laughs> yeah, so yeah, cool. Yeah. And this is when it starts the whole feud. Grayson between... during him jumping, he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> this this begins the feud between I think the character's name is Cheaty 
and the dog because uh-huh. the dog gets him and he throws the dog off. The dog smashes into a windshield, which I was like shocked that they did that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, in a, there's no question. Like the dog gets up and is yeah. like growling and pissed. Yeah. Like it's a fighter. I love, I love that shot. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. So then he gets out of the arc. Yeah. He's, he's got a motorcycle yeah. now and he gets to the soccer cool. And Not yet. Yeah, he does. Oh, was, and there's all into, these people He goes into around. a disheveled building. Oh, wait. Yes, you're right. You're talking about... You're missing the absolutely <laughs> coolest part of this movie. But so, I loved... Well, the thing with the motorcycle that was so cool is he's trying to get out, can't. And so he... Which I... I don't he, know. He, he makes it do a wheelie and, and drives it into, it into someone. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. And then he, he runs into a um, disheveled building. And people have what I re- found out last night is called dragon's breath. Yeah. And this is real where it's like a type of gunshot that you shoot and it flares like a firework and lights the person on fire. I have never seen that before. I've never seen it. And it's crazy that it's not in every action movie ever because it is so cinematic. Well, don't put it in every action movie, please. No, but no, but that, what I'm saying is like, it's wild that I've never seen this. This, in a movie. this felt like a, so we were, saw this with our friends a second time and two of our friends said like that, that was a call of duty. Yeah. Dragon's Breath was in like one of the Call of Duty games. So I guess it's not that new. Uh-huh. For me, it is so new. And yeah. for me, as I'm watching it, it felt like... Um, I thought it was just made up for the movie. I didn't think me, it was me a too, real me thing. Me too, but I like don't know anything about guns. Yeah. Um, it felt like one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, the VFX people got to invent something. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> for, for a movie, which is like the coolest part of their jobs. Yeah. Not VFX, but... Prop people. I don't oh, know. Pro- oh, okay. You, okay. Well, they are VFX, but I'm, I'm saying yeah. not the people behind the computer, the people who are like working with science yes, to yes, make it work. Yes. Obviously, most of this has to be CGI because you can't just set you can't set that many spot fires. Yeah. Well, so here's what I think is so well, let's let's talk about what we think of CGI after we describe what it is. Okay. He goes up these steps and the camera's following him in a way that it hasn't been previously. Yeah. And it starts like slowly lifting. Well, it's just, it's just such a wide shot and oh it's so gosh. stagnant and you're and like, and it starts drifting up and, and you go, are they? No, they're doing it. No. And the camera goes to a complete aerial view mm-hmm. and it follows John Wick as he goes from room to room. How many feet in the air do you think it is? I don't know. It's probably a, it's, well, it's, I guess we've pretty. seen the angle of the lens below. So it's, it's probably pretty, pretty high up yeah. there actually. I want to know like where a they good shot it, feet, like how probably. big the warehouse is. Well, this is probably where a lot of that $100 million budget went in. Yeah. So the camera goes up, and it's aerial shot, and it goes room to room, and it passes in between, and they're shooting Dragon's Breath. People are getting lit on fire. He's killing everybody. He's doing flips and all this stuff, but the perspective is so interesting. Like, when he does, like, a roll, it doesn't look how we expect to see it, so it just looks already, like, everything about it is inventive. This looks like a video game. Yes, and there, there's even a shot where he's hiding behind a, uh, like an, a kitchen island, mm-hmm. and someone jumps in the air above him to attack him, and he shoots the dragon breath, and they go flying high into the air and lit on fire. Mm-hmm. And then he, they keep going. I, I, I could not even believe what I was watching. No. And, and when we were watching it the second time, I was trying to think, like, how did they, like, stitch this together? Because how could you do this yeah. shot? Because, like, they do the shot, then it goes back to some regular action, and then they do the shot again. And then they have the audacity to do it a second time. They say, let's do it again. And these are pretty long shots. Yeah. Um, 
And so I'm like, okay, this is probably not a genuine one because how could you do it? But mm. when I watched it a second time, I was like, the way the lighting is happening, there there is integration from different rooms in where you would have to stitch it. Yeah. And like there's there's simultaneous action happening in like different like the four quadrants mm-hmm. of the screen and it's like that would take so much painstaking effort for a VFX artist to not make it look choppy and it doesn't look choppy at all. Mm-hmm. Then I see a quote today from Chad Stahelski in an interview where he basically said I get why people do oneers all the time but I do think doing digitally stitched oneers is kind of pointless. And he, he did cite 1917, funny enough, where okay. he was like, I saw it and I get it, but I think it actually hurts the movie. Interesting. Um, which is funny because that was exactly what I said about the movie. Um, and then he said, but when you do something like Children of Men, it's so you're so invested and it's so exciting. And none of that is cheated. I, I feel like they well, might have done a little one. bit. But, um, but basically when I read the thing, I was like, oh, so that was a legitimate shot. It's not stitched yeah. together because yeah. you wouldn't go out on a publicity thing, say that, and then y- you're not doing yeah. the real one. Oneer. Yeah. Can I defend 1917 though? Yeah. 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 Please. Because I think it was such a great choice for them to do that, to make it feel like it's all one long shot yeah. because it, you really feel like it's all one day like, rather than right. just doing cuts and everything. You, you really feel the, like that range of emotions that our character goes through in, uh-huh. a, in a whole freaking day. Yeah. That I I think would not be as impactful if it wasn't shot that way. Yeah. So I feel like it was less about being showy and more about like that's how they want to tell the story. Yeah. Well, and and he did. He mentioned birding. uh, Birding. He mentioned Birdman, and he said, "I love Birdman." Yeah. And he said, "But for me, that one is like more character driven. So like the stitching works for me. Yeah. In that. Um. But I I that one's like about a play. It's about a person, but it's like on Broadway and it's a play." That makes sense. But I, I do like the idea because, you know, I think of I think of ones that have been done less good where it's like just so obvious every time they they mm-hmm. cut. Um, like there's a movie, I think it's called Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. And there's a there's like a 11 minute shot or something. And you watch it and you're like, oh, this is like 30 shots. Yeah. Like and, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is cool. Kind of. Yeah, but like I think the one shot in Jaws where they're on a ferry is more impressive to me than this one well, that's, shot. That's you're, then you're getting to Spielberg territory. No, I know. It's not even I fair. know. Um, I, you, I've told you about the always shot, the times with the airplane taking off, right? Always the, the, the his worst movie for sure. Oh, okay. But there, there's a shot where, and it's one shot where a guy's like running around his house, like uh, packing stuff, and then the camera at one point pans up into the guy's like ceiling light or what skylight skylight and a and a plane flies by right then and then it comes they, back down did they know that that was gonna well happen? they had to time it with the actual plane taking off well it, it's a real plane like just on a regular like thing and, and you're like this movie is kind of a worthless bad movie but you're like it's kind of worth it to see that one oh, shot wow. in the movie that's crazy um but yeah so okay but back to 1917 jordan here's yeah. my pop quiz did you like the the All Quiet on the Western Front 2022 better or worse than 1917? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure because I've only seen 1917 once. Uh-huh. I've only seen both of them once, but yeah. I've seen one more recently. I think um, All Quiet on the Western Front, This the score does so much for the movie that it, like, if the score wasn't like the way it is, I, it's still a great movie. Yeah. 
But it, it it adds so freaking much to that movie, that score. Yeah. It's crazy. Did it win? It did win. It did win. Best um, score. But I, I can't remember. I That's also a hard one to judge, too, because I that, that it, it's All Quiet on the Western Front is about Germans, and I've never right. seen a movie like that. So yeah. it, it's just, it's hard to for me to really know. Yeah. But I love both of them so much. I just, when I watch All Quiet on the Western Front, I kind of thought, like, this is what 1917 wishes it was. <laughs> I, I think you dog on 1917 yeah. too much. It's a really good movie. It, it's good. It's good. Really good. It's it's good. <laughs> you should have read that Roger Deakins article like I did. I did. You sent it to me, and oh. I read it. But, you know, some I may, maybe it was like a women talking situation where I, it just didn't connect with me, you know? Because yeah. I, I remember that was a movie that I kind of walked out and I was like, okay, I've seen that one. Check yeah. off the list. And then I was done, you know? Yeah. Uh, not like John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. Uh, so all of, d- did we cover that C? Oh, oh, so my thought on the CGI is, so I believe in these movies they do digital, uh, 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 what are those called? Flare, uh, not flares, uh, the gun, gun firing. What is that called? Backfiring? No, 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 the... What the muzzle flashes? Muzzle okay. flashes. I believe they do muzzle flashes because they don't use real blanks. Uh, otherwise, they would probably wind up having killed people by now. Yeah. Um, especially when they're putting them against people's heads and shooting. Uh, so I think all of that is. Does the gun recoil though? I think without, the actor would without, have to without it being a blank. I don't think it would. It would just be like holding a dummy gun and just oh. pressing the trigger. Okay. I think. Not an expert. Um, and I won't be. Okay. So he's, I think that stuff is digital and I'm all for that. And then I I feel like the dragon's breath is not digital. Like, I feel like they are probably just wearing, like they're just shooting like fireworks basically. They have to, the people have to be wearing complete suits though, like all over their face and everything because it's not, you can't totally know where the flares are going to go. Yeah, and I think you could get away with it because it's aerial. We can't see if their faces are covered. But what about or not. earlier when he first starts using it and it's not the aerial shot? And he's shooting people. It just looks so real that I was I like, know, I don't does. know how this could be fake. I know. Because, like, if you have a. I, I'm thinking of it like if you have a sparkler. Yeah. And, like, if I sparkle it around you, like, those things are going to hit you, but they're not going to hurt you. And they I. hurt a little bit. What? Don't they? <laughs> no. Oh. Um,. And so I think it's kind of like that. Like, they're just shooting firecrackers at each other, not like legit fire's breath. Or like... I just can't see how that, uh, that how this that's movie my guess. ever be insured with that's, something like that's that. That's just my guess. Yeah. But, but I, I agree, it looks it looks so freaking good. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is, I think everyone who is on fire, I think all the fire is digital. Except for maybe, like you said, someone like running into a room. There's one person that like is engulfed in flames. It's as if they're wearing something super flammable. Yeah. And that one felt like, okay, that person is on fire. Yeah, yeah. And, but and they they run out of the room pretty fast. Just like Freddy in, in uh Friday and and uh, uh Freddy versus Jason. Nightmare on Elm Street 1 when he's in the basement. Oh. And the guy like runs down the stairs or is it Jason on fire. Jason goes to hell. No, no, Freddy. I Yeah. Well, but oh no, I'm thinking of Freddy versus Jason though because there's a lot of fire in that yeah. one. I'm talking about the very first movie when he runs down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um anyway, Great shot. Then there's there's also a point where the dog jumps over John Wick and starts killing a guy. I think the dog was digital. Uh, that I thought was digital too, because when it was killing that guy, the guy looked a little CG to me. Yeah, but also it's a weird angle. Right, right, right. It's like 
how do you know but what also that the would dog look like? was going at it for a while so that's why i feel like it's cg right um so that's so cool the tracker tracker dude or mr nobody catches up with him uh-huh. and they start fighting Right, right. And oh, then I almost skipped this part. The dog and the uh, Chidi are fighting, or the dog like overtakes Chidi again. So that man is going to kill the dog. Uh-huh. And John Wick has his gun pointed at the tracker, sees what this man is about to do to the dog. What does he do? He shoots the guy. He shoots the guy. Doesn't kill the guy, but it saves the dog. And this to me was like, oh my gosh, this is like the full circle of John Wick. This started with the killing of a puppy. And then John is able to come back and prevent the killing of this character who is like John Wick before he becomes John exactly. Wick. Exactly. So so he saves that guy's dog, and that guy, it, it completely changes him. <laughs> yeah, now he's on John Wick's side. Yeah. He wants to help him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he struggles with it for a little bit, but eventually, you know, yeah. in the movie he does. And it, it it's, it's just a great, it was a great way to like, ins- not not pass on the torch, yeah. kind of a thing but to be to be like these these are these like prototype characters with or archetype characters within this own this this very series yeah and this character is going to be john wick and he just prevented like his his story his story yeah i mean that guy probably doesn't have a dead wife but yeah but still yeah. i mean it's it's wonderful yeah it, and it was very poetic and kind of a beautiful moment mm-hmm. then he gets to the stairs yeah and he has to fight his way up the stairs. And and on the on the radio station, they're like, "Hey, Buppers, uh, let's see if our man in black can make it up the 221 stairs mm-hmm. to the church." And then we have, we've already seen some of the most incredible fight scenes we've ever seen. And they're like, "Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Let's make another all timer." Now, I think my favorite is probably a tie between the Arc de Triomphe and the aerial shot. Mm-hmm. But this is pretty close. I know, same It's here. pretty close. Yeah. He's fighting upstairs, and it's the kind of thing that you watch, and if you if you take yourself out and go a little more analytical, it's like, I can't believe that these actors are being put through this. Because they're being yeah. thrown downstairs. And I've heard stunt people talk about it, where it's like, when you're thrown downstairs, you just kind of have to get thrown downstairs. Yeah. Like, yes, you get padded, but you're going you're gonna to be black and blue. Yeah. Like, you, you j- there's not like the easy way to do it you just have to if you want it to look good yeah so they're fighting 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 he gets almost to the top and then what happens the cheaty guy and his crew show up Uh and kick him down the stairs and he falls all the way down the stairs in one shot and they're also juxtaposing this or, or adding even more tension because he has like two minutes left to get to the duel yeah and if sun, he is sunrise. late if he is late he is ex- he is excommunicated or he is uh, Killed, executed, executed and winston will also be executed yeah but so he gets put, thrown down the stairs and it is like kind of a laughable thing mm-hmm. and the audience laughs both times therefore laughable yeah, and uh, I did read in an interview that Chad Sahelski was like, yeah, that moment, I, I want the audience to know like we're in on the joke, too. Yeah. Um, and then he gets pushed down the stairs again because mm-hmm. he still had like two flights to go down. And it is cool how the guy's like running down, at, at chasing him in the same mm-hmm. shot as him flying down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now, this, on the second viewing, it hit home for me. Mm-hmm. Something I probably should have already known. But I realized, like... Oh, you know what? This is this insane world, and he just got thrown down 200 steps. He is. This is a a myth. This is a legend. This is uh. This is not. I know it's not our world, but it truly isn't. This is like 
when you hear about like an Arthurian tale mm-hmm. or you hear about the fighting of the Green Knight or whatever, it's it's totally exaggerated. And we are seeing like our modern legend, John Wick. Mm-hmm. And he gets thrown down a flight of steps. It it just sounds very like Greek God. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, this movie freaking rules. So he's at the bottom of the stairs and he is having a hard time finding the will to get back up. Uh-huh. And then Donnie Yen shows up. Uh-huh. And says, I need you to get up, John. Yeah. And that felt, oh my gosh, that was like a, re- that was a big laugh slash clap from the crowd. Yeah. Because it was like a rejoice, re- rejoicing moment of like, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so John gets back to his feet. And they're fighting together, which fighting we've kind of been wanting to see stairs. the whole movie, I yeah. think. Um, so they fight their way up the stairs. Um, while that's happening, the tracker catches up to them again with the dog. And he is about to shoot John Wick. And then he looks at the dog and the dog the goes, dog's like, oh. you can't do that. He shaved me. And um, then he's on John Wick's side. And he, he, he John Wick, or, or, or the dog goes for Cheaty's nuts. Yeah. And then the tracker kills Cheaty. And then the dog pees on him. Huge, Huge laugh, laugh from the audience. Both, both times. Both times, yeah. And this is, we're dealing with gods and men. You know yeah. what I mean? This is, this, this is no longer the realism of our world. Mm-hmm. They left that a long time ago. And I'm glad they did. Then he gets to the top of the stairs. He's made it just in time. There's a, there's a look that Bill Skarsgård gets that's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And that's when Donnie Yen slices his hand. But then there is, a, like, a, a little bit where it cuts away where I can imagine that maybe they, had, they hatched their plan. Okay. But maybe not because this is their gods at this point. So maybe they, they just know what to do. Yeah. Well, okay, so um... – so they're there, they get the pistols, they walk 30 paces, and yeah, I, I, when uh when or when the marquee gives Donnie Yen his gun, he says, I don't know, like, oh, like, don't don't forget about your daughter, and immediately Donnie cutting him off. off. Yeah, he does the classic Logan Roy F off. It's a great delivery. It it's is like so it's good. probably the best. It's it's like the same feeling you get in the first one when John Wick's like, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and the audience eats it up both times. They love it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and it's, when, it's just great. Cause at this point you were like, I am so sick of Bill Skarsgård and I, and like any good, I mean, we talked about this, what, three times with the, the good, the bad and the, uh, with the man with no name trilogy movies, um, where it's like when you get down to like the duel and it's like, how, how is it going to, how are they going to do it? And how is it going to be satisfying and exciting? And with the Sergio Leone movies, it, there's always a fun little twist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really glad we covered those this year. Yeah. Um, but on this one, it's like, how are they getting it? I couldn't figure out how they were going to get out of it. Yeah, me neither. Because I'm like, they have to kill Bill. Huh? Huh? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know how they get out of it. So they take their 30 paces. And, and then when Winston gives John his gun, he says, what a beautiful sunrise. It's, it's like he's forcing, he's making John like, enjoy what's probably the last moment of your life. I am making you. Oh, Enjoy yeah, the yeah. sunrise together. Yeah. And then John says, like, do you have anything to say or any last words or something? And Winston's like, just have fun out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when he takes his 30 paces, this time I noticed that John Wick kind of, you can even see it in the shot. He kind of steps hard where he's at. And I took that as he is letting Donnie Yen know exactly where he's at so that he can shoot him without killing him. Yeah. And then the guy says fire mm-hmm. they shoot they hit each other but they're just flesh wounds mm-hmm. then he goes 20 paces so they come in closer they fire again they hit each other 
it's still pretty intense, mm-hmm. but they're going to be okay. Ten then, paces. Ten paces. So they're now ten paces apart. And then they fire again. Mm-hmm. And this time... Oh, also, the freaking subtitles in the movie when it says ashes to ashes dust to dust and the and the the oh do the subtitles float away they like float dust away like wind? dust I, I love how they do oh we didn't even talk about the best uh, maybe the best moment in the movie okay so cut from 10 back when kane is assigned john wick that's the best moment in the movie they give him the braille oh, you could just say that that's really cool how they do the subtitles i don't think that's the best moment that's w- in the uh, movie. it's one of the best moments in the movie they hand him the braille and he wipes his hand across it. And the subtitles to, show up under his fingers. And it says Wick eight, uh, N. Yeah. And he is just defeated that yeah. he's going to have to do this. Yeah. And he's t- and then he's like has to concede his pledge. It's a beautiful moment in this movie. It is. Um, it's not the best moment in the movie. But as far as like well, the, let's calm down a little bit, Mike, the touching moments, yeah. it's perhaps the best. <laughs> okay, fine. Until you come up with the next one. <laughs> I love this movie. So 10 paces, fire. Uh, Donnie and get shoots uh, John Wick in pretty much a fatal blow. Yeah, through the stomach. Through the and stomach. And you see the blood splurt out. Yeah. And so John is on the ground. Donnie Yen's still standing. So yeah. it's, you know, pretty clear who the victor is going to be once John dies. And John didn't even get his gun out. Like didn't, he didn't even shoot. Well, it looks like he shot, though. The way they edited it, it looked like it. Oh, not to me. To me, it did. Be- it's well, like he's drawing and then he doesn't get a chance to fire. Okay, but you, but Skarsgård thought that he did. That that's the important thing. Okay, yeah. because John's on the ground. Skarsgård goes up to um, he he's like, no, 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 I get the last bullet. I get the last bullet. So he, this man who has not been able to fight this uh-huh, whole battle uh-huh. that he is like convinced other people that he can fight. Here's the Sergio Leone twist. He's like, oh, now I can do it. Now that the, the, my the person I'm trying to kill is lying on his back, yeah, because I'm such a coward. So he gets the bullet, puts in the pistol, goes up to John Wick. Winston smirks, and he says, "You, he says, you arrogant prick." Yeah, he didn't shoot. Looks down at John. John points his pistol up at Bill, shoots, and the way that he falls, he back, says, "He says consequences." <laughs> shoots him in the head, and the crowd cheers yeah. and claps both nights <laughs> and the, the way that um the marquee falls back to is so dramatic and wonderful yeah and then um the the like keeper of the duels is like okay your hotel's reinstated winston you're set and then it's like john wick you're now free donnie and you are free your daughter's free yeah and, and it's cool that the tracker is watching this whole thing drinking a beer yeah and when he sees john wick go down he's defeated and then when when he sees when it goes through and it hits the audience yeah. so hard, uh, he's like, "Oh, that's good. He got him. That's <laughs> yeah. really effing yeah. good." So then John still very injured, uh, but he gets to his feet and he turns to Winston and says, "Winston, will you take me home?" And there's just this look of understanding on Winston's face of like, uh-huh. "Of course, I will." Course. John walks down a few uh, a few stairs, sits down, looks up at the sunrise. We get a quick cut to a, a moment between him and his wife, uh-huh. who was the reason, that and the dog, is the reason for all of this. Yeah. And he says, Helen, and, and then dies. he falls over and dies. And then we cut to a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Back in New York City. And we see that the, his grave is next to Helen Wick. And it says... Loving wife, loving, loving husband. husband. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne asks Winston, so where do you think he is? Heaven or hell? And he says, who knows? 
and they walk away. And he he says farewell, my son. Mm-hmm. I did, so is that was that a reveal that he was in the same family? I took it as like, come here, son. Like, we're... no, but he had the tattoo of the of the. Family. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch. And he that. spoke in the whatever the language is. So I I think I don't know if it's like a huge reveal or anything, but I I think it is showing a like you are my you are my family. Okay. I thought it was like chosen family kind of. Well, I think situation. it is also he has the tattoo of that place. Didn't of that catch family. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it has to be bully for me, um, or bully for you, non-bully for me. Yeah. And then the movie ends, and Donnie Yen gets second billing in this movie. Yeah, he does. Good for you, bud. Yeah. Um, holy cow, we did it. Mm-hmm. The Keanu Thon is now on. over. Well, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. It is now over. <laughs> Um, if this ballerina movie comes out and for sure, we will definitely be covering it. So look forward to that. Um, if you like the show, give us five stars. If you don't like the show, give us five stars, leave a comment, share it with a friend, uh, and then go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw and download this month's Patreon specific episode on our Oscar predictions, which of course is over. But uh, next month we'll be doing Glass Onion, and there's plenty of other episodes on there as well. Um, and yeah, get ready for a crazy month on Patreon next month mm-hmm. uh, for some wild things that I have been working on. Well, wild thing. Anyway, um, next week we go back to France. We went to France this episode. We go to France next episode, and we finish the three colors trilogy on three colors red. And what's a more fitting color to come after this movie? Red, the color of blood. Yes. And then we'll jump right back into the Mm X-Men. We're off to the races. Thank you for listening. Bonsoir. Boop. No, you should have the ending. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know if that means goodbye, but it means something in French. Hit hit, hit the ending. You get the ending. I always take the ending. Bye.